comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast, as Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. However, every now and then, depending on either a lack of new releases or just because we feel like it, we like doing yeah. special bonus episodes, such as this one, Ka-ching. which is another commentary. People love the commentaries, and you know what? We got a special one in store for you guys, because this year marks the 25th anniversary of Batman, the 1989 Tim Burton Batman. And Abe and I, we love Batman, and we have, we have two guests that also love Batman, and we're all going to do a commentary for it. So, joining us, we have the maniacal Scott Mendelson from Forbes. <laughs> Hello! And formerly a writer for Why So Blue and the Naptown Nerd, but now up for a Gotham District Attorney position, it's Brandon Peters. Have you ever danced with the podcast in the pale moonlight? <laughs> <laughs> Harvey doesn't say that! <laughs> How are you guys doing? I'm actually... I'm... Fantastic. Great. Glad you guys are here. We all did talk about Batman pretty lengthily on um, our 150th podcast episode, so I'm you know, glad to actually be doing this commentary now, because I certainly think Batman's a, a, a movie worth talking about. It's, a, we've, we've, it's, all, it's impacted all of our lives in some way, and we'll be sure to get to that. But with all that said, um, let's get things going here. You know how the commentaries work. If you happen to be watching the movie with us, which I guess I encourage, because why not? It's a cool way to watch it. Um, we have the movie timed in at about nine seconds, which is where basically the WB logo for Batman, it kind of starts as the regular WB logo, and then the background fades out and a dark sky fades in. That's where I have it paused currently. That's about nine seconds in on my Blu-ray. I don't know how it is on other people's things, but that's where we got. If anyone's watching the VHS, I definitely don't know how it's going. <laughs> um, <laughs> for all those commercials. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have it paused there. So we'll count down from three, and on the sound of go, we'll press play. Anyone else, just, you know, kick back and relax. You're ready. You're about to listen to a Batman commentary. So here we are. Aaron, you're going to yeah. some knowledge bombs and some riff bombs. What, Brandon? Before, before you count down, might I interrupt? Sure. We have to start this, this commentary appropriately. Okay. Was it how it was like three years ago? It was like some relatively recently. Relatively recently. Yeah. I remember that was sad. It was like, oh, Alfred died. Yeah. He got over stage one of whatever from Batman and Robin disease, but he, yeah. oh, Gregor oh. syndrome. The Gregor syndrome yeah. stage one. Not Thank like, you, Doctor Freeze. I like Mister Freeze's wife who had stage <laughs> yeah. two or three <laughs> or five. I don't know. Whatever. She's in ice now. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, so it doesn't matter, so Abe. Casual. Yeah, that's right. Mr. Freeze killed people. Um, let's move on. Let's move on from that very macabre subject matter and into our Batman commentary. I'm going to count down from three. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Right off the gate, this movie just begins fantastic. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you know what? We have like this awesome model of a bat symbol. We're going to put the camera through it. Which An incredible which score. Oh, yeah. Danny Elfman's score. It's like, this is the... Beyond Oingo Boingo and, I guess, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, this is, like, this is Danny Elfman, like, killing it. Right? Yes. <laughs> this is the first time, if I recall, that he worked with a full orchestra. Yeah, yeah, huh? And, obviously, this this music, and we all know, you know, we all hum the theme at this point, I'm sure, but it was a far, far more grandiose and bombastic, and it was a far more epic theme than we were used to hearing from action films at that time. Uh, give or take. I mean, you know, Die Hard had a bit of oomph as well. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I'll, there's a lot in common that Die Hard has with Batman in terms of how they combine kind of change cinema forever in good and bad ways. But I'll get into that later. But what I think is interesting is that Jack Nicholson gets billing before Michael Keaton. Which continues well, throughout yeah. the series, actually. Yes. Yeah. But, like, I mean, Brando got billing over Reeve. It was Reeve, kind yeah. of a yes. common thing they... It's whoever the bigger actor, the bigger star was, yeah. Not, yeah. not just based on who plays the title character. And I mean, yeah, it was the bigger star. Like Keaton had what Beetlejuice and what Clean and Sober going. Didn't Just they like rush Mister Mom? Mom? Yeah, Mister Mom. Yeah. Didn't they rush Clean and Sober so people could see him in a serious role before this? That sounds familiar, actually. I believe so. Um, which is a great, which is a very good performance from him. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Songs written performed by Prince. Just point that out. Well, the original intent, and fortunately, you know, Burton was able to talk them out of it, was to have Prince do the Batman theme, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson do a love theme of some kind, mm-hmm. and then Danny Elfman just fill in the blanks. Yeah. Ooh. And, you know, for better or worse, you know, people like to trash Schumacher for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, but they wanted to do the same thing with Batman Forever, where they had a bunch of pop songs, the ones that appear on the soundtrack that are not in the movie, and he fought to a certain extent to have a more traditional score. Which I like. I mean, I'm, as yeah. much as I like the Danny Elfman scores for Batman and Batman Returns, and I do, I don't mind um, what uh, what's his name? Um, Elliot Goldenthal. Thank you, Elliot Goldenthal. Yeah. What he brought to the series. They feel like a perfect extension of this theme. Yeah, yes. they do. Yeah, like, and they, I, they, there's a there's a certain amount of triumph in the kind of when Batman and Robin start fighting together. That's that I always hear, and that in the Batman Forever score particularly that I really enjoy. And then we open up, of course, on Gotham City now. Out of curiosity, how many of you were "quote unquote" fooled into thinking that you were about to see Bruce Wayne's origin story? When I was a kid, for, when I first was a kid, yeah, that was what I yeah. thought was going on here. And then, I, then I was like, "Did he like transform into Batman here?" Or <laughs> I, had, yeah, I, I was seven years old when I saw this. So I was like, "What? Did, that's not. He doesn't just transform." But then I got it was a different family. That's a, it's a really good trick, and it's not something I picked up on. And because I saw this movie when I was this to back up. Uh, Batman, I was three when Batman came out, but it's my earliest memory in life. Yeah, God. this yeah, that obviously dates me, but it's my yeah. my earliest memory in life is seeing Batman in the theater. Um, and it obviously that kind of thing just does not occur to me at then. But even when I'm watching it later on in my age, when I you know continue to watch this movie because I love it, um, it's still not something that I really picked up on until way later when I started really getting into Batman more and more, following basically the animated series. That's when I really started getting into Batman. And it is a really cool bait and switch that Tim Burton does with this. Where he has a family here with a young boy, and you think that it's going to be Bruce Wayne, but it's not. Like it's. And this it's, was another um, with this opening too uh, of the movies in the the late '80s that made us, you know, Midwestern kids scared of big cities. 
Because <laughs> they were all like trashy. Never go to L.A. And, yeah, never go to New York, Chicago, L.A. Where were they, wherever they sell Bogwise at. Remember, <laughs> 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 Bogwise is sold. Don't go there. That seems don't like trust old Chinese business owners. I didn't say that. I just said don't go to Cesar Bogwise are. And further adding to the misdirection, this is certainly something that nobody picks up on the first time, is they just walk past the Monarch Theater, which is where his parents get killed when you finally do see the flashback sequence. Yeah, they're in crime. So they're in the exact, yeah, they're in crime alley. Yeah. Or Park Row, whatever you want to call it. It's Yeah, it's funny that because, I mean, even I joke about this, but Tim Burton doesn't get a lot of credit for, I guess, being completely true to the comics based on things that happen in it. But with that said, he I love this that's, that this is a digital effect shot. <laughs> it makes me, yeah. entertains me the so much. He's so like, long. just to get that cape in there, we did it, guys. Um, but I think Burton does a lot of things here, whether it's because of the writers or production design or whatever, that, you know, they do, it does hold up to certain certain comic elements of batman there's a lot of that in both in both of these movies regardless oh absolutely yeah i think they are very you know and i've I've said this a million times i don't want to repeat myself but this film is a relatively accurate translation of the first two or three years of batman comic books yeah like 30s 40s batman yeah 1939 to about 1941 42 the the, the noir aesthetic batman yes this movie is you know a gothic noir essentially um and, you know, when people complain, oh, you know, Batman kills people in this film, and he does, let's be honest. Well, in the first half, you know, dozen or so issues of Batman, he killed people. Uh, this is, of course, an awesome shot where you see Batman mm-hmm. gliding down in the background. Yeah. Um, what a great introduction for the character. It is. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it really is iconic. And um, I think one thing that's great, too, is they thoroughly spread out and throughout the movie have Batman scenes in them. Without trying to act like they're holding back on showing Batman stuff, he's he's there naturally, and it doesn't feel forced or anything. He just it's woven, it's balanced greatly between Bruce Wayne and Batman. And they just I shot think. him because that's what criminals would do. I <laughs> that always when I first saw it, Dumb and Dumber, where he's all like, "What if they shot you in the face?" <laughs> <laughs> what if they shot me in the face? <laughs> well, and Scott, one time we were we were having a discussion about this movie with some other people and you made the point that you know with batman killing or you know the joker's death that you know what's he supposed to do just like tie him up outside the police station i mean that just it doesn't work anymore well, it, like it did it, back in like the 40s and stuff like that it's well, that kind it, it's of logic not, it's not very satisfying from a cinematic point of view to a certain extent you know especially yeah. when you have films like this there you they didn't know if there was going to be a sequel yeah um one of the greatest ad libs in history. Uh, the original script is something like "I am the night." Yeah, it was, uh. yeah. I do like for some reason. Like I do like him being referred to as the Batman and not Batman. Uh, yes, I, there's something about that that's just awesome in, to me. In the uh, the Nolan films, no, just in any no in any form. Uh, anytime they say that, it's unless weird. it's Frank Miller. Yeah, I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> Brought vividly to life in the Lego Movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I love the Billy D. Williams. He's a great Harvey. He's Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Yes. Um, yeah. I love the Harvey Dent character. I've said many times that uh, Gordon is my favorite character beyond Bat, besides Batman in the Batman universe. But I love Harvey Dent, and I love the Two Face character. I mean, yeah. And I would have loved to see Billy D. Williams take on that. That's why he to took the this role. Extent. I know. I would have loved to see it. I want that and alternate it, universe where Jim Car- where uh, Robin Williams is the Riddler, and um, Billy D. Williams is uh, is Two Face. Uh, and again, something else you don't notice, but there's an empty chair for Bruce Wayne at this meeting, hmm. which is weird because, as you see in the film, he's not very active in public life. 
I mean, most people don't even know who he is. There it is. Yeah. 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 Right next to Gordon. Yeah. Played by Pat Hingle, who I think is all right as Jim Gordon, just not... He's not. He's, he's, he's never. Exactly like, he's a fun character actor. I mean, his time has passed where you know he's relevant, but he used to pop up in a lot of movies, and he's a real fun actor to oh, have. Yeah, I sure. mean, his Gordon sure. isn't like very. I mean, he's a, the, for who the character is, he's kind of he's very a light. Yeah, it's not. It's certainly not bumbling, Gordon. which would have been unforgivable in my eyes. But yeah. Yeah. but there's just there's never anything for him to do in these movies besides just be like, oh, thanks, Batman, like that. And there's no there's no relationship with Batman. <laughs> exactly. Yes, either, that. So. Yeah. Beyond. And like, then when when there is, it's it's happened off screen by the time the next one rolls around. Right, Jack. Now. And I would like yeah. to you know offhand say that, in a weird way, I think this is his most underrated performance. Jack Nicholson. Uh, yes. I think it's very easy to... I mean, there is plenty of performances like The Pledge that I don't think have been seen by enough people. Oh, The Pledge is yeah. great. But in terms of underrated, I think it, it is... You know, it's sort of become a meme, a theme, or whatever, that, oh, it's just Jack doing his chicken makeup. No, it's really not. No, yeah, it's not. Really, it's a terrific yeah. performance. It's, it's, he is just as good when he's whispering as he is when he's cackling. There was a, yeah, there was, a, there was a danger going into Heath Ledger being the Joker because his performance was so strong um, from this movie. And it's so, you know, they're so different. I mean, you know, this is, yeah, this is to a certain extent more, you know, mob boss Joker, which wasn't entirely faithful to the comics at the time. And, you know, whatever. The movie is the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, it gets the most important thing of the Joker right. He laughs a lot and he kills an ungodly number of people for no good reason. No reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because the town needed an enema, Scott. Exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's a good reason. Uh, and there is not Harvey Bullock. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> which, as opposed to the Dark Knight, which had not Rene Montoya. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I have to wonder if the if you know, Jack. I have to reason if wonder if the reason for both was the same is that they didn't want these iconic good guys being presented as crooked cops. Yeah, um, that'd be my yeah. There's, uh, and, there's you know, Arliss. Arliss yeah. is there. Exactly. <laughs> Showing up doing his scouting report. Now does uh, does he? Die because he he no he just gets he, he, in the original script he was killed yeah but he's never seen again after he's yeah he's never no, seen again far. no no you see him in the very end okay. yeah you do yeah he asks at the very end he's like what how do we contact him that's like oh that's yeah. right okay yeah now I know the scene you're referring to yeah. and that is a scene where he you know if they wanted to write him out that was where he dies but the the Arliss was clearly testing so well that audience was like we want more of him so we gotta exactly. get him in Batman Returns. <laughs> That didn't happen. <laughs> what if that happened? Um, I can just I, watch this I, movie. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's interesting that you know a movie like Batman that has such a rich comic history. Basically, he's our you know Alexander Knox is our entry level character, and he's a completely made up character from the you know without any you know he's not in the comics, he's not in the serials, he's nothing. Is there a reporter character in the comics? I'm to uh, well, Vicky Vale exists. She's well, yeah, Vale. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, but I mean, um, I guess that, no. that makes you wonder, I guess, why couldn't they use her as a, it would yeah. be, be separate from, I guess, the, you, you need a, um, what's his name? You need a, um, from um, Gatsby. What am I thinking? Yeah. Um, uh, Nick. Nick, yeah, you need, you need a Caraway to lead oh. you in and not just go straight to a, what's her face? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Daisy. Isn't, isn't isn't Knox? Isn't he uh, Porkins from Star Wars as well? Is he really? No, not Knox. Um, not Knox. Uh, this guy. Uh, from Star Wars? No. Um, Porkins. What? Arliss? I, 
You lost me. Oh, Eckhart. oh not Knox. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This guy. Uh, Eckhart. Eckhart. Yeah, Eckhart. 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 Sorry. That one's, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> like, Arliss isn't with Porkins. He lost um, a lot of weight from Batman and got surgery. But no, I'm sorry, Eckhart, we were talking about. Um, yeah, uh, let me check that real quick because now I'm actually curious. Meanwhile, we could also um, Bob. Enter to um, Bob, Bob the Goon, Tracy, Tracy Walter. Walter. Yep. Who yeah. got his own action figure. He did. I had it. I had that action figure. Really? Yes, I had the Bob action figure. Yeah. There were only three action figures directly from the movie. Batman, Joker, and Bob the Bob Goon. The Goon. <laughs> um, wow. And they had other, you know, sort of spin-off characters, because, you know, I had a Riddler character that came out around that time. Or, excuse yeah, me, a Riddler action figure. Um, Thanks, Brandon. Yep. Yeah, there, and, there, and there you have Mayor Ed Cock. Um... Although, of course, when I was nine, I obviously didn't get who that was supposed to be. Uh, Ed Koch? Koch? Yeah, Koch. Koch. Yeah, whoever was the mayor of New York back in the 80s. Uh, back when, you know, New York was kind of a crime-ridden hellhole to a certain extent. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, even more so than arguably the very last comic books, this is supposed to be in New York City. Um, and what's interesting about this scene, he walks into a newspaper office, and it looks like something out of, frankly, the Udsucker Proxy. Yeah. Um, which a very, there's a, I mean, because the movie itself is, <laughs> has a whole, I mean, not a screwball comedy vibe, but it has a very drawn by Bob Kane. Yeah, that villages, yes. Yep. It, it it really it, the movie's rooted in fifties, but and written 40s. by Bill Finger. Yes, the the movie's rooted in the past. It really, oh yeah, it's going for that. Like it's it's it has a timeless quality based on just the movie itself, but right. the kind of architecture style, the production design. The even the way these people talk in this office, it all it, it's all rooted in like early like when early Batman comics will be coming. Yes, um, this especially the first third of the movie for sure really plays like a 1940s film noir, and you know I've mentioned this a million times, but I think it's interesting that the the comic book films that came after Batman were very explicitly 1940s pictures: yeah. The Phantom, The Shadow, uh, Dick, Tracy. Dick Tracy, The Rocketeer. Yeah. Um, they're trying to, as Hollywood does, they're trying to replicate yeah. the success of a major motion picture, um, which which Scott and I and I believe Brandon, we all share an affinity for a lot of those movies. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, financially speaking, they were terrible choices in terms of, you know, comic book adaptations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, It's weird that that was the, what they took from it. You know, we've, yeah. I think we've talked about it on here before where it's like, yeah. you don't go you know, like, OK, Batman did well. Let's do the shadow. You'd think it'd be like, <laughs> OK, let's look into like Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Another yeah. Superman. I mean, it's, the same with Nolan. No. it's the same with Nolan stuff, though. It's like, hey, that looked well, so we obviously we should make everything darker and grittier, as Scott loves to say. So. Yeah. Um. <sighs> yeah. But and this was originally uh, Sean Young. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. fell off a horse or something. Yes, yeah, she fell off a horse. Oh, she was going to play Vicky Vale. She was. Yeah. Oh. Horses, aren't, horses aren't kind to people in DC movies. No. no. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, because th- there was that, and then um, she was trying to be a uh, well, Catwoman. She Catwoman. She thought she was she, yeah. Catwoman. Everybody, she, everybody. she went on to, I forget, the t- talk show. and she, Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, yeah. and just, like, in the cat costume, people were just like, nope. Well, she went into the D.C. office to Tim Burton. Dressed as Catwoman. Dressed as Catwoman. And, yep, she got listed as a crazy person. And now people just remember her as... So Ace Ventura's nemesis. So apparently, <laughs> I love that he's wearing a purple suit. Um, basically, yes. Sean, Sean Young and uh, Margot Kidder did not have good luck, luck in the um, the DC as, as far as DC women go. I guess. Yeah, I guess Sean Young was never a DC woman though. She was on the payroll for a bit, but 
of the of the casting choices in this movie, the only one that always, not rubs me the wrong way, but just seems like it sticks out, it's Jack Palance, easily. Yeah. Like, Jack, Jack Palance is like, why is he here? You know, this was the first movie I ever saw Jack Palance in. Mm-hmm. I'm pr- pretty sure of it. And it was, I was like, man, what? why does this guy talk this way? <laughs> well, so I, I think, I think the like issue is that... <laughs> Uh, probably, yes. Because that's what that's what uh, it was for me. I think the issue is that you already have one larger-than-life character in Jack Nicholson. And Jack Palance is such an iconic character, you know, actor, that to a certain extent, he's not even more so than what people accuse Jack Nicholson of. You know, this guy isn't playing Carl Grissom. He's playing like Jack, Jack Palance. Palance yeah. yeah, easily. Um, I, now, I'm nine years old. I had never heard of Jack Palance, so it didn't bother me at all. I just thought he was a somewhat larger-than-life mob boss. Yeah, this yeah this comes from watching it now that it's yeah. like oh, Jack Palance like <laughs> that's the that was the choice like Warner Brothers like guys get Jack Palance in here. I mean, he's a, a marquee name for like an older. For sure, job. yeah, I get that. Yeah. Just, it, just, it, he looks like a studio choice based on his you know stature as a star as opposed to like, yes. a natural fit for whatever character they needed him for, which well, isn't he, a bad thing. Like he's Jack Palance, he's a good you, actor. You but. think Burton liked the idea because he was once Dracula? Yeah, I don't Probably. know. The that, yeah, that could help, I guess. The thing I do know is that Jack Palance was not, for Tim Burton, who only did, you know, Beetlejuice and, and Pee-wee, he's not exactly a big authority figure on the set. And I know Jack Palance was, uh, he was bossing him around. Those are stories yeah. I've heard. Oh. He was bossing him quite around quite a bit. And he, Jack Nicholson was, luckily, he was, he was, he was, he was a lot friendlier to Tim Burton. So he made it a little easier to work no, with. From what I heard, Tim Bur- you know, Nicholson went to bat for Burton quite yeah. a bit on the set. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why he is... played three characters in Mars Attacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, buddy. Um, was it three or I thought it was two? I'm trying to think. Of, I'm pretty sure there's a third one. I think it's less than. I mean, now I got to look it up. But I will take your word for that. This is a great Alfred introduction. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. A much older Alfred, by the way. Than uh, yes. Of, than kind of what you, what what's been shown of Alfred. He's generally. Older than Bruce Wayne, obviously, but he always, you know, has more of a. You would expect more life from him, I guess, and that Michael Goff's already, you know, is he at this point? What is he like, sixty going on? Uh, looks yeah, like it. yeah. But he's he's not as spry as I it was. It Charles Napier in the TV show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he was basically Super Batman on that show. Let alone, I mean, no, Super uh, um, uh, Michael Caine. I mean, he has certainly yeah. he's certainly older as well, but he's he's lifting logs off Bruce Wayne when Ra's al Ghul's taking down his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I mean, they're both helping each other. This is, of course, the first time we see Bruce Wayne, if I recall. Mm -hmm. Yep. And again, it's it's interesting, especially if you go back and you read the comics and you watch the the 60s TV show, where Bruce Wayne really is a celebrity. Everybody knows he's like Donald Trump. Everybody knows who he is. In this universe, he's just some rich guy that you know people have heard of, but they really don't know him that well. Yeah, he's a mystery. Well, I think I mean this comes more from he's still starting out as Batman. Like, yes, like he's Mm -hmm. he has to grow into both being the Bruce Wayne celebrity persona as well as the Batman persona. And if you look at all four films in one continuity, and I've I've written about this before, you can. Yeah. By Batman Forever, he is completely at peace with bringing Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. Not so much as Batman, and that's the arc. Yeah. Of course. So then when Batman and Robin comes along, he's very happy wearing both suits. It's funny how you see these movies where they have different actors, different directors, and different styles and everything. But they do try to, like, this and, and uh, the Bond series, what I'm getting to as well, they do try to hold some amount of continuity between them. Oh, like, yeah, it, like Pat Ingle and Michael Goh are, uh, Goff are in all four oh, of them, yeah. stringing yeah. them together. It, but, yeah, it's not like, it's not as if they, they pretend the other movies didn't exist. They yes. do reference them 
not heavily necessarily because they're frankly just you know it's not done often in that kind of series at that time compared to you know the marvel movies of now but i mean it's there there's still strands of stories that you know get connected between each of these movies i've never considered batman forever and batman and robin separate from these first two no, I haven't either. I've always... yeah. um but that guy said looks that... like idris elba just saying <laughs> not, not him, but he looks, I a lot like... looks like tommy davidson I see, oh, I see that, too. He does. <laughs> you know, having said that with Batman Forever, I would argue that that's sort of a, you know, whatever you think of the movie, is a perfect way to do a reboot reboot correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. In that it's a reboot if you want it to be. You know, you, you reintroduce Batman. You tell everybody his origin again in two seconds. You know, it doesn't have to be a sequel to Batman and Batman Returns, but it still, you know, it still loosely acknowledges those films happened. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, unlike uh, some reboots I can think of, Amazing Spider-Man. About, you know, how people don't know really anything about Bruce Wayne, because they say stuff like, he drinks blood. <laughs> um, he's king of the wicker people. King of the wicker people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always he cage when you need him. Um, and relating to, that, to the Bond point as well about the continuity, like we've talked about this plenty, I think, in our Bond commentaries, which mm-hmm. what we do, like four of those. Yes. Um, I mean, but there's... You're changing actors or whatever, but I mean, like the first like four Bond movies, I mean, those like they really hold it. They they hold a sense of continuity. Even the no, the fifth one too, yeah, because he's it's all about Spectre. Essentially, mm-hmm. it goes it keeps going through the Spectre plotline, and even when Roger Moore takes over, there's references to Bond being married. And yes, things yeah. of that nature, like Dalton as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean that which you know, that the... that happens in um, Lazenby's. So yes, yeah. <laughs> it's in there too. Well, really, the all the first seven films up until you know Roger Moore jumped are basically direct sequels to one another. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, well, only Goldfinger's when... an offshoot. That's like the only one that's not within those... I guess that's true. Well, yeah, it does, that's, but that's... It, well, it just doesn't pay reference to any of the others necessarily. But I mean, it, because, yeah, because what, what, Thunderball is supposed to be somewhere yeah. up there, but then they yeah. went Goldfinger. Well, yeah, oh. like, well, Goldfinger just is, is a one like, apparently it was said that maybe Goldfinger would be tied in with Spectre, but they just left it as a one-off. Mm-hmm. And then right back with Thunderball, they made they went back to Spectre. Yeah, and then Spectre went all the way until Diamonds Are Forever, and then rights problems happened. Yeah, and they could never use it again. They still the, killed some bald guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the reference to the Cordial Maltese, which is actually, if I recall, a subplot in The Dark Knight Returns. That was where there was a lot of carnage or what have you going on. Oh, and this, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which again, I'm nine years old. I don't get the reference, mm-hmm. and that's another thing. It's, you know, I, I, I don't want to get on a broken record here, but I, don't, you know, these films are as much. Well, this film is as much an adaptation of the 1940s comics, the 1970s comics, even a little bit of camp where it's appropriate in terms of the 1960s. You know, they're not like it's a straight adaptation of The Dark Knight Returns, no, or even you know yeah. Batman, you know, Year One, or even The Killing Joke, um. I mean, if anything, the Killing Joke is the last Joker story, not the first. Um, Although that is one that, like Tim Burton, he has like I think he has a quote on it actually. Oh, absolutely, that's, the, that's like the one he approves of the most. Yeah, whatnot. well, it's it's a great Joker story. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think, I mean, I'm not, anyway. And that one um, that one does tie him to the mob to an extent too, just from a very yes. very different perspective. But um, this is of course twenty three minutes into the movie. Spoiler: Bruce Wayne's Batman. What? <laughs> He's so dark and brooding. And and the way this film is structured, 
is very different from well, let's be honest most Hold comic book on. stories <laughs> Bruce Wayne's looking at the TV right now he's like wait is that Tommy Davidson at my party <laughs> <laughs> they just gave him the dailies to take a look at <laughs> sorry, sorry Scott go ahead. no no that's okay uh, I like oh yeah the way this is structured it's very different from you know frankly the Richard Donner Superman film which is the pattern that a lot of comic book films afterwards followed in that you know you don't get to see his journey to be from Bruce Wayne to you know, trading his Batman and now he's Batman and, you know, except, you know, basically the Batman begins, you know, storyline. Yeah. This one throws you right into the thick of it. And you don't even know, you know, for the eight people that don't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman until almost the end of the first, you know, the middle of the first act. It's the Joker's um, origin story more than it is. It really is. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> our guess. I mean, that's a lot of people's issues with a lot of these Batman, with these, a lot of Batman <laughs> movies in general, that Batman's rarely the focus of the story with the exception of forever and begins. And I guess arguably rises. I'd say it's a very Bruce yeah. Wayne focused story. Um, but the majority of them are focused on the villains or other well, characters. And, you, and you're right in that this first one is, as you said, a, a Joker origin story. The second one is a Catwoman penguin origin story. Um, while the third one, to a certain extent, is a Riddler origin story. Yeah. With Dick Grayson thrown in. I'd say that those elements are there, but yeah, it does focus on Val Kilmer as Batman. Yes. And it, it would that be is even... by far the most Bruce Wayne centric of the Batman, the original Batman films. And it'd be even more if it had the, you know, the cut that Schumacher yes. wanted, which was much darker and had a yeah. lot more of the flashbacks and to his parents' sense. death and everything. Yeah, it made more sense. <laughs> this is, this is a very, like, gangstery scene, right? Yeah. Here. This is very, look like, at their, yeah, look at their costume design. It's this is like, like a this is like a James, suits, yeah. this is like a James Cagney movie, right? Yeah, yeah. we're watching. We With, saw we saw a comically large safe be like blown apart, yeah. and now the <laughs> cops are coming in and there's a shootout. And <laughs> Tim Burton will be the first one to admit this. He's no James Cameron when it comes to staging action. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, and, the, ac- the action is is generally cartoonish, as pro- prolific, you know, as pervasive as the violence is, and as occasionally bloody as it is, the violence is very cartoonish. And you, mm-hmm. I mean, when you have a movie where your guy's wearing what, like a ninety pound suit or whatever. Like yeah, he can't, crazy. he can't shoot around. Well, he has to, he has to shoot around him. He can't show yeah. like bat, He has to show quick cutaways to him pulling out a batarang or yeah. kicking somebody, and then the next scene's him flying through a door. Like it's just, there's nothing to work with on a, you know, for an ex- inexperienced director. Hmm, that doesn't happen before. And um, <laughs> working with an iconic superhero movie. And that's why, you know, frankly, you know, Batman Forever was kind of a shock in the opening scene, where you really see Batman doing Batman be, things, doing action. <laughs> You know, kicking and punching and flipping and jumping. It's far more Batman Arkham Asylum than a point-click yeah. adventure game. Exactly. Um, this is, of course, an iconic shot right here. He shoots the bat thingy. And I guess he really isn't worried about the cup. No, he hangs the thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's find out with that when Batman actually kills somebody because I don't. In this movie, okay, I don't think actually like a run encounter. Yeah. Well, I don't. Well, think, I don't think this movie he's really. It's not until like the bell tower. It's not no, the not until well, he does blow up the entire Axis Chemical Factory. I mean, you know, well, nobody's in there. It was right? off hours. Yeah, no one works on weekends, Scott. There were there were people. You'll see, there are people in there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But no, and even that, it's not until he realizes Jack Napier killed my parents. Now I'm mad. Uh, he does feel quite a... really setting himself up for failure right now. He's just throwing chemicals all over the place. <laughs> yes, um, and he does admit to it in Batman in, in Forever. Actually, yes, it's to killing somebody and how yes. to Robin to to Dick Grayson and how. And that again, did, even it, more so in the original script, mm-hmm. yeah. where he blatantly admitted his own hypocrisy. There's another like world that we could have lived in where the Batman Forever had the original script it wanted. With maybe, where perhaps no, the the original world would be Tim Burton take finishing yeah. trilogy with Marlon Wayans as Robin. Marlon Wayans as Robin. Yeah. yeah. We yeah, do Marlon we... Wayans and Billy D. Williams, people paid to not be in these movies. <laughs> people of color are not paid to be in these movies. People of color. Yeah. A lot of choices Tim Burton's making that I, you know, enjoy. 
Well, didn't he make the Marlon Wayans uh, choice intentionally to get Warner off his case about including Robin? I've never heard that. I haven't heard that. that. I haven't heard that before. Like I, I had heard that he he did that intentionally because he knew they wouldn't go for. Um, I mean, he a had race switch he, on Robin. He had and costumes. He, he had costumes made. Yeah, but I, I had heard he did that intentionally just to because he he doesn't yeah. like he didn't like Robin. He'd been forced on this movie to include Robin, which it never got further than the script. Mm. And then the, Batman Returns, he had been forced to try to put Robin in. And then the third one, they were forcing him. So he cast Marlon Wayans knowing that they would not want him in the movie. And the interesting thing about the original Sam Ham script that was written before the strike, even though it does include Robin, it's actually a much darker and more violent film than even this one. There's a lot more angst in terms of Batman's character, you know, Bruce Wayne's characterization. And the origin scene of Dick Grayson is very violent. It's actually available as an extra in a storyboard on the DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome because you have the voices of the animated series acting out a scene from Tim Burton's Batman, which is the greatest thing ever. Yes. <laughs> that does yes. sound pretty uh, good. Uh, <laughs> it was during a parade, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, during yeah. A, you, know, yeah. you know, his mother burns, if I recall, his mother burns to death. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, he shoots things, some fireworks. Things aren't and, easy for Dick. Serious uh, no, no, business. It's, it's, it's a grotesque action sequence. Um and goodbye, Harvey Bullock. <laughs> Again, a very cartoonish reaction to getting shot. With the steam? Yeah. Well, and his reaction. Um, it's a little better. It's a little worse than Porkin's death. In a... Ah. Oh, the so old... question. What, I mean, was there a motivation why Batman didn't stop Eckhart from getting killed? Well, he couldn't uh, do it. He just, I mean, Joker just shot him. So, yeah, I mean... it, seems like, it seems like he was just standing out to the sides. Um... Letting justice take its course. I mean, he's a crooked cop. Things are happening. A lot of things are going on. Assessing the situation. He and he really is trying to save Nate. He did try to shoot. Yeah, he did, did try yeah. to save him. Arguably more for, you know, to justify against, whatchamacallit. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, the talents. Oh, yeah, you totally had him, Jim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Checkmate, buddy. Yeah, you're being held at gunpoint, you idiot. <laughs> What are my options? <laughs> Bat bomb. <laughs> Bat bomb. Again, you know, they, they do a lot of the cloak and dagger stuff very well in this picture. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's very theatrical. Yes. Which helps because yeah. the, the sets are very theatrical. I mean, it's give or take, you know, the, the scope of them. They they have this kind of it's blocked out. So it looks like this could be almost an opera if there were people started, if you know, there was chanting in the background of these scenes. Hey, 10 years later, there would have been. I mean, if I, I I would have paid a lot more money to see Tim Burton's Man of the Opera than Jill Schumacher's. No, no, I mean, Danny Elfman using a lot of chanting in his stuff. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, no, Batman Returns was the first time he did that, if I recall. There's chanting? Wait, was it Edward Scissorhands? Or... Uh, no. Edward Scissorhands was the first time he used uh, you know, chanting mm-hmm. of that nature. The Mask uh, Phantasm has chanting in the opening credits. Yes, yeah. apparently it's the producers yeah. said backwards. yeah. Every, everybody had massive Kim Basinger crushes after this, right? I, that is correct. <laughs> he looks good all throughout this movie. Like, even with those glasses on, you looked amazing. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. I like glasses. Um, that hat, though. That hat. <laughs> <laughs> and what I find interesting about this picture is compared to really almost all comic book films, you know, now and, you know, is that the adult characters actually have sex. They have a, an adult romantic relationship, and they sleep together because they're adults. And this is a film technically more or less for older kids or adults. Ergo, they sleep together. 
Um, and that's and, how children are made. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it, it, it's very striking compared to pretty much everything that followed, where you had, you know, at best a, a chaste kiss in the third act. This is uh, my favorite Michael Keaton Bruce Wayne moment. Yes. <laughs> um, Did you pass the salt? The the uh, what his reaction to I don't think I've ever been in this room. Uh, that's that yeah. kills me. <laughs> that's like well, that's that's perfect. Like Bruce Wayne being himself. And the 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 scene afterwards with him and Alfred just sitting and you know that gets us on Bruce Wayne's side. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Just seeing how loving he and Alfred are together. My um, favorite Beetlejuice moments when he asks if you want to go nuts. <laughs> yes, I was like, that's a perfect voice. I don't think I've ever been in this room before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm serious. <laughs> go eat in the pantry. I like that Michael Keaton and Tom Hanks are both competing for best 80s haircut. Yeah. <laughs> was Tom Hanks ever considered for this? No, I wouldn't was... be surprised if there was like somebody that said, you know, that big guy's pretty good. There's a, there's oh. a lot of random. There's like. The, the Bill Murray direction is very popular. People know about. But. Yeah, who also can be. They all have the same haircut. With yeah. Burton, with Burton on board, I doubt he went for anyone but Keaton. Yeah, that's probably. I'm true. sure. The, I'm sure the studio threw names at him, but he just stood his ground. Well, I'm, I'm sure they wanted you know Mel Gibson, Tom Cruise, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, whatever. Um, Tom Hanks. Dolph be, like, I can see that. I can see Tom Hanks yeah. working. Like I mean, yeah. That would have been hilarious if, if Arnold was, was Bruce Wayne. They'd be like, this is really buff guy in a bat suit. Bruce Wayne's kind of rough. Uh, but I, I, if, you look at, if you look, like, Arnold's a big guy, but if you look at Arnold, like, in the first Terminator, like, he's not that bulky. Like, he's not compared to, like, if he's you look at... He's bulky, but he's huge. He's a big... Yeah, he's a, I'm, not upset, I'm not saying he would have been a good Bruce Wayne. I don't think that's true. But, I mean, yeah. you, look at, you look at, like, The Rock or even Hugh Jackman, and they're, like, big. Like, yeah. Arnold's, like, he's fit, obviously, but, like... He's, um, he's not super huge. Like you know, I don't think I've ever been in yes. this room before. <laughs> we are the I am Batman. <laughs> um, <laughs> you want um, to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Um, but you know, it's interesting you say that because that's that was always the reason that Tim Burton gave for casting Michael Keaton is he wanted an ordinary Bruce Wayne to become an extraordinary Batman. Yeah. Um, and again, I think he paved the way for that kind of casting. I mean, really? you know, Sylvester Stallone has said this on a couple of occasions, was that, you know, slowly but surely, Batman killed the action star. Yeah. In Stallone could have been Batman. Yeah. You want me to pass the salt? Yo, we could <laughs> pass the salt right here. You know, I had salt a lot when I was a kid, you know. You go around, you put salt on, you put it on the food, and it tastes a little better. You know, but you don't want too much of it, you know. Brucey, come home. That's my age. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was—I mean, it was this and John McClane because John McClane was—I mean, well, yes. well even like Riggs. Yeah, Martin Riggs. I mean, there was—I yeah. mean, when did Lethal Weapon Two come out? Uh, about a month yeah. after this. Yeah, yeah. it's the same year, right? Eighty-nine yeah. is huge, by the way. Oh yeah, eighty-nine is like yeah. a crazy year. Yes. Oh yeah. my god. Mammoth year for you know for blockbusters. You guys, it's, it's the summer that made my movie loving like. Just it's the for, summer that changed Hollywood. Indiana yeah. Jones, Last Crusade, Back to the Future Part 2. When Ghostbusters, Harry 2. Ghostbusters yeah. 2. Ghostbusters 2. Who's talking? Hollywood. <laughs> the Weapon 2. Glory. Star Trek 5. License to Kill. The Abyss. Jason takes Manhattan. 
do the right thing. Honey, I trick the kids. Lonesome Dove on television, but I'm counting it anyway. Ted's Excellent Adventure. Dead Poet Society, The Abyss. Field of Dreams, which Honey, I like I to keep the kids, Born on Fourth yeah. of July. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came out the same day as this film and still made about $14 million in opening weekend, even as this film broke the opening weekend record by making $42 million. One week after Ghostbusters 2 broke the opening weekend record with $29 million, oh my God. which was about three, two to three weeks after Indiana Jones and Last Crusade broke the opening weekend record with about $28 million. <laughs> Boom. Little Mermaid. Major uh, League. Major, I, you, that's not one to laugh at. Major League. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Look who's talking. Scott who doesn't that made, love Star that Trek $120 million. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, <laughs> which is odd numbered, so that means, that means it's bad, right? It was a Shatner-directed one. It was delivery service. If you ever wanted to see a true representation of the 60s television show as a Star Trek movie, 5 is where you go. Gee, Luke Who's Talking you know, made two... wrong about that. Luke Who's Talking was fourth place in the box office that year. Yes, it did 140 domestic. Yeah, and... Oh, and so and, did any of that stuff the kids. And Travolta needed to bounce back? Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was funny. Yeah, his big comeback was Pulp Fiction, but he had those Look Who's Talking movies, which were big well, hits. And that's what kept him out of the poorhouse, you know, Yeah, while he needed to bounce back. I mean, I don't think he would have done Look Who's Talking now if he had a choice. I mean, if there's a uh, hold on, if there's a reboot of Look Who's Talking in the works, you know he's been called. <laughs> you know he's <laughs> you know he's been you know he's been called like three times already. I could play Grandpa, I could play Grandpa. Oh my God. This, this is actually an interesting oh sequence because you're not supposed to really see what the Joker looks like until he takes off his hat. But the yeah. way it's shot, you can clearly see what the Joker looks like before he takes off his hat. But it's creepy. Oh yeah, yeah it, it is. is. It's the yeah, you're like, is he the Joker? Does yeah. he look like the Joker? Is he or is yeah. he just? Yes, we talked all over yeah. his 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 mirror sequence, but yeah. about look who's talking. <laughs> <laughs> and that's you know sort of the 1940s horror sequence. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, this movie in general, like for all the stuff that Burton had to go through, it kind it came together great. Like it it, yeah. it mostly makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it and does. the stuff that doesn't make sense is all third act, and we'll get to that when the time comes. Yeah. Um. And could, this is like, I mean, we've already seen Napier be, you know, kind of wild, but this is where he just starts running wild. Like after the mirror yeah, stuff, it's he like he's goes. off the chain at this point. He's going to do whatever. I did Him. like in the movie when they do different stuff with the Joker's makeup. It's not just consistently that they do the one with the little red lips. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they do a couple other. I think it's really fun. And then you, of course, his, you know, fake humans, you know, beat skin. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was weird. This is a great. Was... I love this audio cue so much. Oh, yeah. And the purple makeup on his neck. And again, it's something that you just didn't see in movies at all. You know, comically, you know, comic violence like this. Mm-hmm. You know, except of certain very pitch black comedies that were absolutely for adults. And this yeah. is a scene out of a Clockwork Orange, for goodness sakes. Well, and what's funny too is we can actually root for the Joker in this scene because yes. we've seen Palance betray him, mm-hmm. even though he's a villain. When a, you know one villain betrays another, you can get behind him. So. You're kind of behind the Joker with this. And that's interesting thing, because he does kill a lot of civilians and cops. Well, civilians, arguably, in this film. But you never don't like him. Jack, and that might be a flaw. Here's a but... uh, here's a little IMDb credit. Um, Jack Nicholson said his, of his role with the Joker, the thing I like about the Joker is that his sense of humor is completely tasteless. Yes. <laughs> um, and he is funny. Um... And while... What's our Fast and Furious joke on that? Well, it's... <laughs> I, was to, I was like, well, it's not shown on screen. It is meant to think that he and Kim Basinger are... are a couple or whatever. A couple. They're grown that was, adults. That was a year ago. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Hold on. Which one was that from? 
Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift, yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll find it. Give me a second. Well, and this is a this is a completely yeah. insane detail where he hangs upside down like a bat. Hangs upside down, yeah. He plays. He's like Hiccup. He just wants to be the thing that he represents. Yes. This part almost freaks me out when he wipes the blood off the newspaper. Yeah, I was like, getting I was getting scared of him when I was a kid. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, David Bowie, John Lithgow, that'd be neat. Tim Curry, obviously, and James <laughs> Wick, considered for the Joker. So, William so Dafoe would have been the dream, you know, if they went younger. Dafoe would have went from, what, Jesus Christ to the Joker? Yes. <laughs> you know uh, it. I would love to, you know, as much as I love this film, I would love to see an alternate universe where William Dafoe's the Joker. I mean, it, he got it would to have do been... his Joker with the Green Goblin. Yeah. That is true, and that's right. It actually was Speed 2 where I noticed, wow, he looks exactly like the Joker. Here's the long list of Batman contenders. Alec Baldwin, Jeff Bridges, Emilio Estevez, Matthew Broderick, Kevin Costner, Tom Cruise, Michael J. Fox, Harrison Ford, Robert Downey Jr., Kevin Spacey, Patrick Swayze, Dennis Quaid, Carrot Russell, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mel Gibson, Charlie Sheen, Bill Murray, Pierce Brosnan, Tom Selleck, Daniel D. Lewis, Tom Hanks, Kevin Klein, and Bruce Willis. Robert Downey Jr. and Matthew Broderick were, what, like, 18? <laughs> yeah, Something Broderick like was still coming off his Biloxi Blues when this was happening. That that came out the same year, <laughs> Boxy Blues. It's like, you know, it's interesting. You know, it, it, even as a kid, this, you know, I want to say it didn't make sense because you know the characters act how the characters act. Oh, it was. But sorry. <laughs> just tell her what you're doing. I mean, it's not like you tell them that my parents died and I'm going to. Or I I have something personal. I need to be out. You know, all day. Yeah, but he's he's living a life of keeping things, so it's just. I mean, kind Scott, of this habit. is his first it's, it's girlfriend like, since like high school. He doesn't know how to talk to women. I, I well, yeah, I want to. I want to emphasize it's, this is this is early Bruce Wayne. This is this is like. I think it's just out of habit. He's. It could be personal. I, I guess to me, this was always a situation that could have easily been explained without divulging anything. Mm. It's uh, the, yeah, it's and the, I get from a character point of view why it has to happen, but it's or the, maybe yeah. deviously he's setting a tra- a trail for her to solve a mystery and. She'll find out who he is without him telling. It's the quirks of the um, Keaton yeah. performance in this movie, because like Kilmer and even Clooney, Clooney's like he's just Bruce Wayne. Like he got he's yeah. got he's got it down at that point. He knows the celebrity profile to, to keep with Bob Kane's wife like harassing him all the time. Oh, it's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> There's like another scene taken like straight out of the 1940s yeah. gangster movie. Oh it's, yeah, like, all these mob bosses. This looks. This like is this is the scene that this is the scene Einstein where some exec saw it. Yeah, this is the scene where some exec saw this movie and goes, "We're doing Dick Tracy." Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was about, that was what I was about to say. It's like this is the scene yeah. where like, oh my god, <laughs> look at his face. Yeah. <laughs> These look so. It, it, it's yeah. so weird to see him with like skin color. Yeah, because <laughs> like, well, I don't think they've ever done. I mean, not never. That's something they don't do in the comics very often. Caesar Romero never did it. No. Well, that's because he would have had to shave off his mustache for real. Yes, that's great makeup. That is really good. It is just the way yeah. the, the the and then this happens. Yeah, <laughs> the equivalent of a force choke. Um, Earned that PG thirteen back when that mattered. No, I mean jokes. you know this is really the film that made the PG thirteen a you know an acceptable mainstream rating. Um, you know it it, it was four it was a four year old rating, and. This was really, to a certain extent, you know, if you recall, and I don't know, but you know, I was old enough to pay attention to this stuff. There was a lot of people wondering, hey, this is a Batman film. Why should this be a film that kids can't see? Which is a not unreasonable question. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, this so was a... Things like this hadn't been done yet. So yeah. this one had to break the ground. And, you know, this film made the PG-13 the acceptable rating. That you could, you could, you could... And the film was the fifth highest grossing film of all time when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
that, that, that skeleton. Him yeah. just laughing maniacally in that skeleton <laughs> shot. Just uh, I also love when he's like rubbing his forehead. The, and the, 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 the whitest spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and his, his guys all have jackets. Like he had those. Yeah. <laughs> love Wait, it. Did they have the Joker lo- label on it yes. already? Yes, they do. It, yeah. Which looks a lot like the comic book Joker. Yes. Yes. Jeez. We're going to have the Academy Awards from 89 movies. This one, best art direction. Driving Miss Daisy. Come on, what are we doing? When I when I when I did my uh, my uh, favorite films of my lifetime pieces, it seemed like every decade towards the end got really good, and then like movies sort of reset and tried to find themselves again at the beginning of the next decade to You're get not, really awesome. I agree again. with you at that. It's really weird how that happens. And here he's doing a Jack Palance impression. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. Dead's Poe Society, best original screenplay. Come on. In a year with crimes <laughs> and misdemeanors, do the right thing, sex lives, videotape, and when Harriet Sally, do the Dead Poe Society. Oh, uh, Captain, are, my Captain. What are we doing? And this is a great sequence where he talks to a corpse, which yeah. is exactly the kind of thing the Joker would do. Still smoldering. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> we got a live one here. Does he dance with it, too? No, you should. No, uh, yeah, that would have been that would have been really good. It would have been great if he like hits his head and just knocks off. <laughs> that would not have gotten a PG thirteen. Hold on, <laughs> Bat Dance wasn't nominated for best original song. Exactly, it was not. You know what's funny about Bat Dance? How many? We we need to make a list of like top ten like songs that actually contain like clips from movies in them. That and like Titanic. That one like consists of being. Clips from the movie. That's why it's one of the best songs ever made. Yes. Brandon. <laughs> there we go. I, I I was down with the bat dance. I had the video on. I taped the video on TV. I had the cassette tape for the soundtrack with that dance. I was I was well. I was all Batman, but I had the, like trading cards. The trading cards that had scenes that weren't in the movie. That is correct. You guys there's, remember there's, that? Yeah. yeah. There's, there's like a fight. Scenes. There's like a, a scene where Batman fights some guy with knives or something. Well, he, fights, he fights Bob the Goon. He, he has Bob the Goon, yes. Scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, that's right. And there's another scene during that sequence where he runs into a homeless girl, and she basically asks him if it's at Halloween. You know, we talk and about the action. It's not that great, but I think the no. end, the end's church stuff is actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's yes. really cool. Like when he just kicks that guy with all the... It's ninjas. really dirty. It's really just like dirty yeah. like brawl fights with the costume just works. Um... This is Vicky Vale just on, on Scout. She's just like, I can't believe Bruce Wayne drives his own car. Um, Abe, after talking about Bat Dance, it's pronounced Vicky Vale. B- Vicky Vale. <laughs> the interesting, we'll thing, that. Go the interesting thing about the Prince videos is that, you know, in those videos, he's obviously he's dressed as the Joker. Mm-hmm. And he looks more like the comic book Joker than any live action actor ever. Yeah, no, Prince. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm very aware of this because I, like, I, very... I can't stress how much I like Bat Dance. Um, and yes, he does look like the Joker. It's his angular face. Yeah, it's it's he's tall, he's lanky, he's got the poofy air. I mean, he's right out of the Killing Joke. These Academy um, Awards are pretty wacky back in '89. Um, and this is a a great comic faithful sequence. Yep. He goes to Crime goes Alley every, every year, right? year and puts flowers on there. Where's those eighty sunglasses? Um, um, Christian Bale didn't have time for this. <laughs> no, he just did it in his office. Deleted. <laughs> <laughs> there was no time. We needed to see more of uh, Rachel Dawes so we can go to Crime Alley. 
it's not what I do. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not who I am underneath it. What I do. <laughs> I was just co- I, that do. I was just coaxing out of Scott Mendelson Christian Bale performance. <laughs> yeah, you know the the uh, shot of Gotham City at the opening of this movie looks like the Narrows from yeah yes. Begins. It, um, yeah, actually, it does. Yeah, quite a bit. There's no blimps. What I love about the art direction of this picture is it really is, you know, yeah, okay, everybody's, oh, the, the art, you know, it's so larger than life. It's so, you know, art deco, German expressionist, whatever. And that's all true. There's a lot of larger than life architecture in this film, but it still really looks like a lived in city. Oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, the people look like real people. You know, they don't look like comic book characters. They look like real people. They have stubble. They have dirt. They have clothes that don't fit right. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and there's there's a there's the Batmobile chase scene that we'll see in about 15 minutes or so, where they actually have to stop the chase because there's too many people in the street. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen that before. I or, love this. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that right there. The pat, the pat, the pat on yeah. the head thing that kills me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, that is an overweight mime. Yes. Don't make fun of their weight, man. They're sensitive. What are they going to do? Talk to me about it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind it. Shake his fist at you. Well, apparently this one will pull out a machine gun, so. I mean, quite honestly, these mimes, or these, these mobsters, are also really good mimes. I mean, they're multi talented here. Do they have to take classes? Yeah, they go, <laughs> they go, to, they go to GU, Gotham University. Um, there's a, it's a lot of, they take ballroom dancing, miming, basket weaving. There's a lot of things they go for. If you want to join my new gang, you have to learn how to be a mime. Well, that was yeah. part of the yeah, after after the demise of Carl Grissom, Joker really kind of reformed the gangster attitude. It's like you guys really need a lot more talent if you want to be part of my crew. Juilliard. This is completely a Joker thing to do. Just have this incredibly oh, yeah. elaborate theatrical mm-hmm. display of an execution. <laughs> yeah, get a get a costume for this event. And yeah, there's the, there's the lip save with the yeah. Oh, very violent death. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of blood. Not too much, but. The cop is just like, like I probably should arrest him. Yeah. But now he's been shot. I'm, I'm so stunned. The cops are like, what? <laughs> they do not know what to do in this situation. Apparently ducking wasn't an option since the one guy just got <laughs> shot. Falling down now, the stairs. Was. Bruce Wayne should talk. I'm surprised Bruce Wayne has a role Bruce... of security. Like he's like you think. Oh, like, dude, he's nobody knows who he is. I guess, but yeah, this, in this the always original... creeped me out. The Joker's way is that kind of French connection ish. Uh, yeah, there, but I don't, I don't, wouldn't say it's a direct now, but it reminds me of it. Is what I, I'm yeah, I can see the but reminding. Like, always creeped me out. Just they're staring back and oh. forth, and his little wave. What did he say? What did, what got his attention to make him? I wasn't thinking. What did the Joker say? What? Yeah, what did he say to get to get Bruce Wayne's attention to be like? Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing, nothing. It's, it's just, nothing. It's just, like, it's just it looks the, familiar. It's just the look, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought. Well, and in the original script, he completely regresses to a quivering, shivering eight-year-old in that scene. It's very different. Mm. He has a complete nervous breakdown. Um, That's which, a crazy joke right there, too, with like the, the, the oh, yeah. extendo punching. Uh, which is ironic, stuff. since he's the one that asks, where does he get all these wonderful toys? And he's like, he's got a, <laughs> a button, like this, this gun mitt and a giant gun in his hand. I mean, his stores are more, yeah, more jovial and fun. <laughs> this is the first Our shenanigans are more jovial and fun. <laughs> Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. These shenanigans are... Shenanigans. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> that is the first of two TVs that he wrecks in the course of this film. 
Yeah, TVs are both Joker. TVs and mirrors are both Joker's best friends and worst enemies. In yes. <laughs> Alfred works at Starbucks. I like to think part of Michael. Yeah. I'd like <laughs> to think part of Michael Keaton's casting is the fact that he can arch both of his eyebrows to look like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the only question Tim Burton asked during casting. Calls. Yeah, that's why Tom Hanks was turned down. <laughs> you got the hair, Tom, but you can't do the eyebrows. Go make Splash Two, Tom Boy. They threw him out on his ass. I'll oh, show so you. Good. I'll make the Burbs. It'll be the biggest hit ever. I'm going to be the biggest movie star. Burbs is good. Burbs is good. Burbs is I, I don't dislike the Burbs. But... Friend, of, friend of the show, um, Joe Dante directed the Burbs. Friend of the show. <laughs> hey, was, I saw him last week. Cool guy. Really entertaining. Miss Joe Dante movies. Mm-hmm. Like mainstream Joe Dante. I mean, come on, the whole. What are we doing? Let's get him back on the big screen. You made Gremlins, guys, and Gremlins yeah, Two. Gremlins, Gremlins Two, The Howling, Burbs, Piranha, the Howling, the Piranha, Inter- um, Inner Space. Inner Space is wonderful. Matinee, ma- Matinee, yeah. Blu-rays needed. Matinee and Inner Space. Here we go. I'll jot those down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put the yeah, put it on the put it on your wish list. <laughs> of Lisa Blue. Joe Dante month. Joe, yeah, <laughs> month. <laughs> yeah, Joe Dante month. Just do a retrospective. Do both. Get it all done. There you go. Put it, wrap that all down. I'll get to put, work. Uh, put look after. All right, guys. I'll see you later. I'm gonna go go work on my Joe Dante masterpiece. Put look after <laughs> newborn uh, like later or later on the list. Yes. Sad thing. If this you know, 25 years later, she just go go on Google and solve the mystery in 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There was a movie um, I had a review called a, a Witchboard, and. Um, they had to research something on some family in the movie, and they had to drive, like, three towns over to get to a, a library to get the book. I'm like, man, <laughs> internet ruined this movie. And it's interesting, the, the pictures that he's cutting up. I mean, you can still kind of presume. A bit, when, when the shot entered, you had a bunch of pictures of a bunch of dead soldiers with big grins on their face. Right. And the implication, there was a deleted scene, was that he basically found these military files. He got the Smilax idea from a military experiment, basically. Oh. You know, and you could kind of infer that anyway, because why else would those things be there? But it just made it more explicit that he was just taking something that he had found from some weird military file that he had somehow gotten its hands on. Or no, from the Axis chemical plants. That's, you know, the files of crap. Mm, if there's okay. a scene that emphasizes my point about this being a very theatrical and almost operatic movie, it's this one with this stage that he's like oh, living yes. in these curtains behind these giant curtains behind him and him looking literally at headshots of actors. <laughs> it's, well, he's about to do a dance. Yeah, Is it ever revealed where his hideout is? The chemical plant. The chemical plant. Oh, it is back. Okay. Yeah. No place like home. That's Not why, sure why that's nobody, why nobody works there. there anymore, huh? Yeah. yeah. He's still paying wages. As you can see, there's a bunch of, you know, basically smiley faces on the pictures. All over the, uh, yeah, all um, over the floor there. And again, I think you can still infer that just from what you're given, but it was made more explicit in a in the original script. And yeah, um, notice, th- there's a ton of Jack Nicholson in this movie. Like, we've yeah. seen him far more than oh, yeah. Bruce Wayne. Um, I mean, he, which, and he banked off this movie, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, he has one of those, like, he has one of those million dollars. legendary deals of all time. Where he's yeah, I love it. His retrospective interviews, he he's wearing a Batman pin and like just it, didn't tell he's a big champion. It well, yeah, it helps. I mean, beyond being the thing that made him a ton of money, like he does seem to genuinely care about this movie. Like it, it seems like he you know he he thinks of it fondly. Beyond you know movies he's won Oscars for, like he's like yeah, Batman. <laughs> Who was he coming off of? Like what pre- pre- Richard Eastwood. 
Pre- which is which is of Eastwick? Which is of Eastwick? Yeah. What, the year before or the same year? Uh, eighty-seven. So no, Princey's Honor is like eighty-eight. I'm pretty sure. I will take your word for that. I think it's eighty-six, but I don't 80, know for sure. Might be eighty-eight. You might be right on that one. I love Princey's Honor, by the way. It's eighty-five earlier. Oh uh, yeah. I love that movie. But um, I mean, Nicholson. I mean, he's never really not. Be, 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 besides, you know, the last like ten years, he's not really stopped. Like during that time, like he was in something. No, else. I mean, he was kind of in a mild slump before Terms of Endearment. You know, sort of between, arguably between One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Terms of Endearment for about a seven-year period. Now, again, he was still working. It's not like he was, but he yeah, was a shining. Uh, yeah, uh, Reds. Uh, Reds. I think that was. Well, a, nobody saw Reds. I love Reds. One of the best movies of the eighties. Um, it is. But, yeah, I mean, and, he, and when I did finally see Reds, it was funny because I, I see a lot of Eugene O'Neill in the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, obviously in his, his quieter, more introspective moments. Um. I guess look and again, these, yeah, this like, is this is pure Joker. Him to you know yeah. hijack a TV signal and you know kill a bunch of people on live television just for fun. It is and then just have these uh, terrible crop photos of uh, people yes. saying "Love that Joker's." <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, two characters in Mars Attacks. Yeah. No, wait, hold on. I might there might be. I really I think there might he like did a voice or something where he's like a third person in the movie, but whatever. I mean, clearly, if General Zod did this for the people of Smallville and, and Metropolis, it would have been much better. Well, yeah, they'd be like, well, that's not gonna be like, he seems like a dick, but I mean, yeah. he's have, at least having fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> Only your Undertaker knows for sure. That's a great line. Yeah. I guess Batman really just kicked off a second. Or the VHS kick, or the VHS cut of this film has compl- a different version of that line. It's really? where does he get these wonderful products, not where does he get these fine products. I know it's because I watched the VHS one, you know, a million times. Enough that when I watched the DVD for the first time, I was stunned that the line was different. Because, you know, back then I knew every line of this film by art. Mm. Uh, there are a couple minor changes that, you know, I noticed and, you know, if anyone else would. There's something, I don't even remember, there's something different in the Bell Tower scene from the VHS version to the DVD and presumably the theatrical cut. Batman uh, falls off instead of the Joker. Yes. Uh, and it's interesting because he does a lot of detective work in this film. But most of it's off screen, so it doesn't feel like he's doing detective work. Yeah, it doesn't give him a chance to be the great detective that he is. Um, Returns, I think, solves that to an extent. Yeah, I he mean, does. It, do... it, it goes into it more anyway, and then the third one where he's solving riddles like nobody's yes. business. <laughs> <laughs> Enigma, Mister E. After Bat Nicholson did, I mean, yeah, two Jakes, few good men, Hoffa, Wolf, Crossing Guard, Evening Star, Mars Attacks, as good as it gets. I mean, regardless of like the quality of said movies, he's certainly this is a wonderful working. detail that you know none of them are wearing makeup. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> why is uh, Amy Adams' depressed cousin hosting this movie broadcast? <laughs> while this, you know, the idea of him, you know, poisoning people with with joker venom as it was called in the comics smilex here that's obviously they're in the comics the plot itself was very loosely based on the tylenol poisonings that had taken place ah, uh, yeah, mid to early that. 80s mm-hmm. basically some guy wanted to kill his kill a significant other and poisoned a bunch of tylenol to make it seem like a random serial killing and it scared the crap out of people at the time because it was so random um and that's why we have childproof caps um and that's also why we have certain locks on me- medicine that you buy in the store where you can't just, you know, 
unscrew it, throw something in, and then screw it back again. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes me back in the day, they're speaking on corded phones, children, because, <laughs> because they and had he, to be put into a line. And he can't immediately call Vicky's cell phone and say, hey, we're not meeting today. Look out. <laughs> he would have texted her. He wouldn't have called her. <laughs> I need, to re- I need to revisit Mars Attacks and look at all this trivia. <laughs> I watched that in a while. <laughs> Commentary right there in the making. Mars Attacks. And then, would we call this not Harley Quinn? Yes. Well, well she there, wasn't there even. Was no, yeah. There was no Harley Quinn. There was no Harley Quinn, but. Yeah, um, yeah this is pre. But. She has a Mr. J. I mean, a lot of, the, like, I'm noticing there's a lot, quite actually. Um, There's a lot of Fritz Lang in this movie. Oh, um, yeah. It makes a ton of oh, sense yeah. given the noir sensibilities and everything. But, I mean, you look at this girl with a scarred face, it gives me the big heat chills right there. There's a lot, oh, there's this... a ton of M. Metropolis, even. I mean, yeah, this art museum, like, yeah, there's, it's just, it's not surprising. I mean, obviously, I mean, you have a, 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 a German director with all the different kind of production design that would be put in those films. I mean, with the expressionism, yeah. whatnot, this movie's completely taking off a lot of that. The, uh, this, yeah, this, this art museum sequence is definitely for me one of the most iconic. Yes. Sequences. Oh, yeah. History for me. Just... Well, I mean, the, the print song's a key factor, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but they re- like they did this uh, they did the sequence in like a I think a, a uh, what is it like a, a Looney Tunes or not Looney Tunes? What's the one where like they're kids? Tiny Tunes. Adventure? Tiny Tunes. Yeah, like a Tiny Tunes thing, and it's, just, it's been done all over the place. And they have mall rats even did their little bit on this. Mm-hmm. Urgent, written by a two-year-old. Yes. <laughs> I love that the Joker, like, wrote that, but, like, did that purposely, because clearly he yeah. didn't write like that. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's very childlike in this film. Yeah. You know, there's a certain regression to his personality. As he kills this room full of people. Yeah, right? well. <laughs> and, and As you do. Some more slight comedy with how everybody passes out, too. Especially in the cake. Yeah, right there. <laughs> like, yeah. Where are we leaning this way? I want to be the guy that's like says, I was an extra in Batman. Who are you? I slammed my face into a piece of tiramisu. <laughs> <laughs> How much you get paid for that? You know, $75. <laughs> Is he so demented that he feels like he has to... As to what? Introduce himself in this manner? I think he's just doing it for fun. For show. Aw. Uh, he has a giant parade later for the same kind of reason. Yeah, he no, just... he's, he's, he, he demands an audience, even if it's just the other people around, you know, his fellow henchmen. See, they're mimes, and now they're like, they're also painters, and... I'm telling you, they all those extra These guys are good! He he unlocked some key talents within them. They did they didn't know they had with the look at his penmanship right here. He's pre Banksy, so that makes it pretty Banksy. cool. Yeah. The uh, monuments men would be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got their just desserts because I was very disappointed with the monuments men. So. <laughs> They'd get around to it eventually. I love the guy smacking the. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And then, and then it, you know, there's a continuity that the painting was clean in the next shot. Yes. <laughs> um, I look at that. Then they just give up. They're like, "All right, paint smiles. <laughs> yeah. Paintings. Let's do this." This is the this is where paintball was started. 
Now, there are a couple of minor goofs in this movie, but nothing too severe. It's not, oh. not a big deal. Uh, who cares? No. <laughs> yeah. I was just pointing it out. I just no, no. I did. It's, it's, uh... What museum is this? Uh, Gotham's got some art. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Flugingham Museum or something. Okay. <laughs> which I'm sure is some reference to German expressionism that I didn't get. Probably. I love that. I love that he saves one. Yeah. And it is one that he would. Like, it was one that seems like he'd save. Yeah, it's grotesque. Look at a uh, bald white Danny Trejo holding that boombox. Yeah. <laughs> He's so tall. Danny Trejo mixed with Jesse Ventura. There you go. Pretty much. Yeah. And God, Jesse Ventura please. would have to wait till three more Batman movies. Yeah. Yes. yeah. That, that boombox actually died out after. <laughs> <laughs> not enough battery power. No, there's not another, enough there's another wonderful toy that he has. Yeah. yeah. Flamethrower lighter. Overkill. Yeah. You got all three candles. I could use that for Hanukkah. <laughs> he is a harsh critic. He is, and she's pissed. Clap, clap. She's offended. Clap. I love that. Uh, the Corto Maltese stuff. That's yeah. Good. That's good. She has a good portfolio, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see more of Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale's work. Uh now there is there was a Vicky. I mean, there is. I mean, as far as I know, she hasn't been written out. Yeah, there is a Vicky Vale in the comics. Oh, yeah. She was actually a redhead who was loosely based off of, and this was before she was famous, but Marilyn Monroe, who Bob Kane had happened to meet at one point or another. I think um, they keep her blonde in the games currently. She's in the games. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's yeah. reporting the news in the in, like the opening scenes of the of the first Batman Arkham Asylum. I think uh, I guess I just forgotten that. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's a it's a bit yeah. because like Bruce Wayne gets captured at the beginning of the game or whatever. Oh, that's right. Vicky Vale's there. Then I think she's just reporting in Arkham City, and I assume she's the uh, he's she's the Arkham Knight in the next one. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's the surprise. It's, not, it's like when you saw Hush. Well, now we got Vicky Vale, the, the Vicky Vale as the villain in the next. Wait, Hush is in this? No, Hush in, in the, the in the games in the games. Oh, he's like that. he's like a side mission. Uh, that's so, that story was so silly. There's a ton, there's a ton of yeah, stuff. To do with it. Yeah, kind of thing. At the time this movie came out, wasn't the death of Robin story the big arc? Yes, that's, yes. That was oh, right exciting. at the same time. Around the, yeah, so yeah. Batman was just huge. Oh yeah, I mean, oh yeah. Because that death of Robin was a big deal, and then this film came. I mean, much like the same way that Jaws capitalized off that book success, and like you know the way that marketing campaign worked, this movie really it tapped in at Batman at like the precise moment you'd want to tap into Batman at. Well, yeah. it. it it made Batman into arguably more of an iconic character than since he had been since the sixties. Uh, well, it was already coming away with the, there's the scar with the, like, Oh my God. Um, yeah, the burns on her face. You're coming off of like the two, you know, the comics that are revolution, yeah. but not revolution, but, um, kind of you know, altering the, sh- I guess revolution, but all, you know, changing the shape of graphic novels and comic books and tapping into different kinds of themes and whatnot. It's like, Oh, now we have a movie about this too. Like, um, going far away from, you know, the Adam West version. Which, you know, nobody believed until they actually saw it for some weird reason, no matter how many previews they saw. You know, the, the entire marketing campaign of this film was basically, obviously it was very successful, but it was basically just saying, guys, this isn't the TV show, honest. Yeah. Well, yeah. in the same respect, Batman Begins became, oh, this isn't Batman and Robin, please. You're this absolutely right. Batman and Robin. Um, did it say, like, this, did it even say director of Memento or anything on those, or was it just... Uh, I don't remember. I, I can't remember, but... I'll tell you that. This did not save the director of Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> I think people were still scared of Batman. Batman Begins could have done so much better, but people were, I think, still scared of Batman and Robin, and it didn't really hit till word-of-mouth home video. 
that, oh, this um, is okay. That's a gr- I love that entrance so much. Well, that's an iconic oh, yeah. shot. Yeah. And that's Even though, thanks to the powers of Blu-ray, you can now see the string. Well, no, he's Batman. He's he Batman. He's he, has, he, has, he has grappling hooks and shit. Oh, I know, but it's cooler when you think he's just floating. Eh, but I can forgive it, because like, well, that's, he's supposed to have lines. Yeah, <laughs> he can't fly. <laughs> it's not like some of the John Woo movies that you can see the guy getting blown away with a shotgun and have a string <laughs> pulling him. Yeah, that's face-off. Batman, yep. has, Batman has three moves. He jumps through a thing with grappling hooks, he pulls out a battering, and he kicks a guy. Like, that's like all he has in his arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes something Scott hates, Batman running. It's just a pet peeve. There's nothing wrong with it. it just... I didn't even feel like he was running. It seemed like he was just kind of hurriedly this... walk- walking. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite people. Batmobile. Tum- Tumblr be damned. This is awesome. This car is yes. oh, I lo- yes. one of my favorite cars ever. This, I mean, this is an, an awesome car. Animated series Batmobile. Like, I love the, oh, yeah. the exaggerated Batmobile. I love it so much. I can um, take the Forevers, even Batman and Robins, which is just penis. Like, it's just... <laughs> I, I love these kind of... These, these, these takes on the... On, and kind of by, by the way, for the record, Joker's gang has all new cars. Yeah, that's right. That have been painted Most green and purple, because why not? It's like GTA. They took him to the paint shop, and this is what he came out with. <laughs> um, all the, like, gangster, like, I think, like, Two-Face's cars all have, like, crazy designs, too. And yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, I mean, think... everyone has a car in Batman and Robin. Bob Kane's <laughs> wife has a crazy car in Batman and Robin. People that don't know what a Robin too. What? They've got motorcycles in Batman and Robin too. They're, they've got like all types Batman, of. Batman Returns. They have motorcycles for sure. They got all kinds. Of, yeah, all kinds. Gotta sell toys, guys. For people that don't know what I'm referencing, <laughs> by the way, Bob Kane's wife plays like the reporter lady that's walking around in Batman. Gossip Gertie. Gossip Gertie in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Um, and I, I love that this car chase. Again, there are people everywhere in the street. Except um, this construction sequence makes no sense to I me. Mean, come on. No. It's like 10 p.m. Well, that's I, when I can't, you do I, work. I can't go home on the 405 after 10 o'clock on the week. What are you talking about? There's always construction. <laughs> hey, there's a giant bat running around here, guys. What you talking about, Sobatez? <laughs> the bats are work. I was wondering, like... That running's not Shields bad. Come like... on. He's running with a cape on. That's, that's... Shields goes on before the roof closes. I wonder what the process was like in the script. Where it's like, we should have Batman get stopped by construction and have him run through an alleyway. What do we yeah. do next? Well, I guess we'll get bat bat armor. There, done. Batmobile armor. <laughs> Give it what, like the club. Shields was awesome. It was a good idea. <laughs> no, I like the look of it. I'm just like, what? What's the screenwriting process for putting that together? <laughs> Hundred eight, huh? <laughs> who's, who, who's the guy? Uh, who's the guy who fought having shields? That's what I want to see. Like. I mean, the shields. That's a dumb that. idea. The shields thing I get, it's like the situation that calls for them to get to have to use shields is like where I'm like wondering what that process was like. One of the things I like about this movie, I mean, you know, Vicki Vale certainly isn't the greatest female character ever written. But what I like about it is that she's really annoyed at having to be a damsel in distress throughout this film. Yeah. She's yeah. visibly pissed off about it. Um. I mean, she screams all the time, but that's nonetheless. Something, that's something to credit for Bat- that they just point blank shot him, too. That's oh, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> one, like. Looks like, one looks like the leg, by the way. Yeah. Um, that, that's something neat about Batman Returns. There is no damsel. Yes. Beyond, like, that, like, hot, but that's, like, a minute for, like, a hostage or whatever, which is, which serves the plot rather than, like, yes. hey, let's just, we need a girl in here, but there's just no, there's no woman. Yeah. I can't say the same about Batman of, uh... Forever, but Nicole Kidman's super hot in that movie, so I'll give you yes. a <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter. That, that was her peak. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, that really was. Um, that that and to die for were like really close there. That was well, and the random girl that Robin rescues in the alley is relatively attractive, uh, even though even as a fifteen year old I was annoyed by the 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 
patronization, if that's the right word, of that sequence. Yeah. Cue, um, cue music cue in that scene, too, when he kisses her. Yeah. Which I think we talked about in the commentary for that. Uh, yeah, that just annoyed me. Even then, I knew I was being insulted, you know, subtly insulted. Um, I almost like to think that, like, they knew that that uh, Indiana Jones movie was coming out, so they're like, let's have an Indiana Jones scene movie in this, uh, in this Batman movie. Yeah. I like the sparks on this, too. Yeah. This is the most active Batman is in a fight scene, it looks like. <laughs> Look at all this. Yes. <laughs> Blocking. <laughs> oh. There it is. Batman kicks a guy. That's one of his movies. I mean, to be fair, Joker is an equal opportunity employer. There's so many different people that I different ethnicities here. Yeah, he makes the foot yeah. look like the smelly feet, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed that one. <laughs> Shields open, please. <laughs> Try not to run anyone, run anyone over in front of you. I guess that's just that's just rotoscoped, right? That's just, that's just drawn on and piece by piece. That's and sped it up. Which, by the way, the special effects in this movie are pretty awesome. They're good, like because it it, it 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 fits because the movie has such a given the setting, it works. Like you can, yeah. It's not like Clash of the Titans, where like let's use the latest and greatest, and now they look like that. Like it fits into the aesthetic of the design of this world that we're in. So it's not because like it's not. I mean, the world isn't. Got a specific, it's at non-specific time in exactly, place. Exactly, yeah. That's why it works so well. So you can use matte paintings, you can use rotoscope, you can use early CG moments, you can have miniatures all over the place. I mean, it all fits. The scene where he's driving to the Batcave always got me going and hyped up too, because... I agree. The, the yeah. music the music's great also, here, yeah. Yeah, and like, he's just driving through the, the forest. Well, this is a propelling music cut that they use in a lot of the later trailers for... Mm-hmm. Mostly part two, but a little bit in Batman Forever as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember getting really psyched up. Batman Forever is a movie that I, I, I was like, I was super anticipated. That was like one of the movies where I was like first like really anticipating like a movie to see at the age I was. I saw that midnight show front row because it was packed on a when it opened. Oh, oh goosebumps right now. I remember those were, those were the days. With Batman Forever, I, I read an article that that had the Val Kilmer casting, mm-hmm. and the picture they had of him, he had a shaved head, and it looked. I was like, that guy's Batman? What in the world? And then I don't think I, I saw another thing about it till the trailer. Mm. Yeah. Well, you didn't really get a, you know, back in those days, you didn't get a picture until they wanted you to get a picture. And I remember Thank I saw the trailer, much. and I was like, whoa. Uh, I was trying to I, think, I was, real quick, I was trying to think of a relatable thing to like movies like this that are like timeless, so the effects don't matter. I love that trick door. Um, Wizard, <laughs> Wizard of Oz comes to mind. That's movie. Yes. That just, yeah. It just yep. it, it depends on the fact that the world's so fantastical that it doesn't matter the age of the movie because it just everything oh. fits together. All of Burton's films up to Sleepy Hollow, pretty much, and then probably oh my god, yeah. too. But I, yeah. I mean, Big Fish fits uh, the nature of the storytelling yeah. in that movie makes a lot of sense. Even Sweeney Todd, I mean, that movie. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's really. I mean, good I would say, that. I mean, I our, our, I don't ever beyond maybe Alice in Wonderland, I because I feel like that he's just actually parodying himself. I mean. Burton's movies, I mean, he always he's from an art direction background so he always invests himself in that aspect of it and it always comes out looking good to you know, to various varying degrees. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Spe- especially yes, his early his earlier work. I, I would he's say more his early work because he's using they're using practical effects. And he's stuff. coming out, yeah, I mean, he's, he's coming, they're from more personal places, like everything Burton's done since what, Planet of the Apes has been, or even Sleepy Hollow has been some kind of adaptation I mean, not... Yeah, Tim Burton's Obviously, yes. that, obviously, these Batman movies are comic book movies, but I mean, you go like Sleepy Hollow, Planet of the Apes, Alice in Wonderland. I mean, what Frank and Weenie and Corpse Brothers last like actually original movies, and like they'll throw first time in a long time. Um, 
Does he Charlie, have Charlie, Charlie in the chat. Does factory. he have mouthwash on that desk? Of course he does. He's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I've never noticed that. It's in case you got to kiss Vicky Vale. Diet Coke does not give you a good breath. <laughs> I will say one thing I like about this whole sequence is that, yeah, we know who Bruce Wayne is. We know who Batman is. But despite that, he's still kind of scary in this scene. It's, he's still yeah. off-putting. Because he's, yeah, he's inhabiting the character. And, well, yeah. and the from, camera's from wise Vicky, how it shoots him. That's, it's weird because we get to be with Bruce Wayne, but still, like, through Vicki Vale, he's still very mysterious and stuff. And we get that vibe when we're with her about him as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. when you're watching, because mm-hmm. when we do the Crime Alley thing, it's from her point of view and not his. Um, and, and if I had to, you know, be, you know, anal and pick a flaw of the Nolan, rep, you know, Batman characterization, it's that, you know, we, he's not particularly scary or imposing. And that's partially because we know we spend so much time with him before he becomes Batman that we completely understand what he's doing and why he's doing it. And that works from a character point of view. It works fine for the movie. But there really is no mystery with Batman. Uh that's not, that's not even a flaw. It's just sort of a difference that I noticed. And yes, that is absolutely mouthwash. We're talking, yeah, it is. We're talking about the <laughs> he's doing, he's doing te- chemical tests. Well, there's a toothbrush down there too. Like it's because he spends these nights in these cave. Like it's because he's obsessed with this world. You know, that you're he's, right. he's, yeah. he's making you're sure right. that Axis Chemicals is uh, really uh, the problem. It's because he doesn't have time to. That's why he doesn't go to these rooms in his giant mansion. He's in the back <laughs> cave. He's doing this thing. Like I'm not even joking at this point. Like it's true. And again, in keeping with you know the adult nature of this film. Batman just knocked her unconscious and re- stuck his hand down her breast and grabbed a microfilm. He uh, had to get I'm the evidence. I'm pretty got. sure, you know, Tony Stark would, or, uh, you know, I don't think even Tony Stark would have done that. Still not as dark as Maleficent. <laughs> that is true. Dude, Arliss really wants to get into Vicky Vale's pants. Are you okay? Can I come over? Uh, they have a good friendship. I like their relationship. <laughs> I do like their relationship. It's, it's... Uh... Because there's there's no power imbalance. They're both relative equals. This is always an exciting sequence. We're like, you know, we've got a huge story. Ba-boom! The newspaper. What's a newspaper? Oh, Allison. (laughs) (laughs) And he's still covered in acne. (laughs) He hasn't shaved in like six months. He's so scared. (laughs) Excuse me. Mentioning the Nolanification, like the just kind of differences, I, that's something I do like about the Dark Knight quite a bit, where he's just become a like at least the be. I mean, I can talk about Dark Knight all day, but um, I can I can at least uh, admire the kind of the beginning of Dark Knight where it acknowledges Batman as this force that's been you know ruining crime for people, and they're you know they're yeah. meeting during the day as the Joker references and things like that. Yeah. It, it um, I get that. Yeah, it's obviously he. You know Batman too well to like preserve a certain amount of mystery, but I do like the the way the criminals regard him. I think that fear is there. Yes. Um. That's why you can have a closed off section where he battles the scarecrow, and you know. Yeah. Dude, he gets crazy in that scene. He <laughs> jumps off the thing and smashes a car. Oh, in Batman Begins too, like when he uh, gives uh, the toxin. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love that scene. <laughs> that's 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 like top like five scenes for me in uh, maybe all of Nolan's Batman movies where he like just sprays him with the kit with the with the gas and then yeah, you and just get like the, the look of him and he's like yeah. oozing out of his mouth. <laughs> the goo, yeah, the goo's coming oh out of his god, mouth. Oh my god, I love that so much. I was like I was laughing with so much joy in the theater when I saw that for the first time. Dr. Crane's dead here right now. Vicky <laughs> <laughs> Vale just braids her own hair, by the way. It looks good. She's just like, I'm so mad at you, Bruce. 
That is a nice apartment. She apparently also gets her own flowers. Is <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get to the, the nuts? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is the, this is the it's like, why else would we be here? Yeah, of course. And in the original screenplay, this scene... He does not act all fanatical and crazy. He actually acts like a whimpering, cowardly victim. Still gets shot, but he wants to distract him. Joker kidnaps Vicky Vale in this sequence, and then the chase that takes place is what then leads into the Dick Grayson sequence. Mm. Uh. Interesting. Um, and I don't know what happens to Vicky Vale after this point. I don't know if he rescues her and then they go back on their merry way, but that's how the, the original screenplay is. Bruce Wayne seems very dressed. It must be really cold out in Gotham right now. He's got a whole coat on, a suit, a scarf. Scarf, yeah. It's a nice suit, though. Three it is. He's got a vest on, a sweatered yeah. vest, it looks like. It looks like a very thick vest. It be freezing. Double-breasted suit, yeah. Freezing in Gotham today, guys. <laughs> well, they maybe Vicky Bell just likes the, the AC turned on super high. But they can't prepare because the weather's just not up to date because he died. <laughs> the weatherman's out of commission. <laughs> It's I, sun's out, is, but I don't know if it's sunny. This is more what I like, Michael Keaton being Michael Keaton. Like, it's, I mean, yes. I think he's doing. I think he's his performance is fine in this movie, but you you do get a lot of Michael Keaton out of it, and yep. that's what this scene really represents. <laughs> Just him, like Tim Burton, letting him go with the screenplay. Same happens in Returns a lot too. We got to do a Returns commentary next year. Yeah, <laughs> the twentieth, and is it twentieth? No, it'd be the twenty. Uh, 2000... It'd be like the 29th. It'd be like... Yeah, yeah 92 is Batman... 92? Oh, 92. 92. 92. 92 is Batman Returns, yeah. so... So, 2017? Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. Probably do it before then. Or Batman and Robin. And Mask of the Phantasm. We'll just do all the Batman movies eventually. We'll get Mask, Mask of the Phantasm, Batman the movie. Every other week we'll do a Batman Adam West commentary since that's coming out soon. Uh, well, we, we all, I think we all have the cereal. We can do that. <laughs> I would love the cereal. No, you wouldn't. In my opinion, it gets it gets old pretty quickly. That's the one time that I'll give Superman the benefit of the doubt because he George uh, George, George Reeves was way better in the yeah. uh, the Superman series than in the Batman series was. Oh, I thought you said cereal. No, yeah. I did say cereal. Cereal, like oh. S, like an S. Oh, oh, oh! That, I was thinking with like a C. No, what, what were we going to eat? <laughs> I don't know. And then I started thinking of Ninja Turtle cereal, and I was like, they, they had good cereal. Uh, for those listening at home, we lost Brandon for a little bit. He'll, he'll be back. He's logging. His computer crashed. Oh. There's some the the kind of mini plot line involving his girl, like, it's really depressing when you think about it. It's oh, just, yeah, it's horrible. It's very disturbing. Um, But I like his reasoning. It's like, can't make it, or you can't make it out without breaking a few. Weeks. And she's gonna defend herself with a popcorn bowl. Luckily, Bruce Wayne shows up. <laughs> There's Love the color scheme. I, I was about to say uh, the kind of the the, shim, the shimmer of his greenness. Yeah. It's so different from everything in Gotham City, where it's all drab and dark. Yes, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad White Danny Trejo's here to bring the boombox. 
Well, you know, he's got to carry it. He's got extra D batteries in his pocket. I do like this kind of overconfidence that Bruce Wayne's trying to put on. It's not even overconfidence. I mean, Bruce Wayne's Bruce Wayne, but... Well, it's a nice moment. And frankly, you know, again, this isn't something that happens terribly often in the comics where you have all three Bruce, main characters like or you have Bruce Wayne conversing with, you know, with in this that. manner with one of his villains. Yeah. Brandon, you there? Mm, yes, I am. Hey, now. Yeah, we're just watching um, uh, Bruce Wayne about to go nuts. To get I, I was happy I got poker. here in this in this amount of time. I'm sorry about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Getting the poker ready. I do. Uh... This isn't a very well thought out scheme, by the way. I, I, I think he's doing the best improv he can. Yeah. Even if he lives, <laughs> it works. <laughs> there we go. Like, Man, that was my base get nuts? Training. <laughs> Let's get nuts. <laughs> Let's get nuts. I like oh, how that completely throws him off his game. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like, what would, I wonder what his never. next step would have been if he didn't say that. <laughs> he was gonna, he was gonna rush all of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. What is a rhubarb? Never rub another man's rhubarb. I feel like I was here first. <laughs> You came in here. <laughs> is Vicky Vale just renting? Because she's just there on assignment, right? The, yeah. Vicky yeah. Vale? Yeah. This, this is pretty positive. Like yeah, the, uh, ironically, uh, Chase Meridian stays in the same apartment. Chase Meridian. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he knows the location so well. There is nudity in that painting in this PG-13 film. There is, yeah. You saw the you saw the boobs when they first... I did. Thanks, the, the, the apartment. Oh... <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that little like his god and these cues like as much as I love the Elfman dark stuff, these comedic moments in this movie are good too. But like th this comedic stuff was creepy to me and scary when it I did, was well. That's why it works. That's why it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't feel uneven. It feels like no, that's Joker. <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, I mean, it's it, you know obviously I again I would argue in the last twenty five years. This is hold on. This is great. yeah. This is this oh is great. God. More flowers. Pass out. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, he is as an iconic a Joker as, you know, Heath Ledger, Mark Hamill, you know, yeah. whoever. Yeah. You know, um, oh, for sure. And again, for, for, you know, 25 years ago, I would argue that mainstream cinema had never seen a villain like that. You know, someone as completely whacked out over the top as Nicholson's Joker. It was a revelation. And for the next five, six years, basically every big, big time movie had a, you know, hammy scene stealing villain from, you know, obviously, you know, Dick Tracy to even something like the Three Musketeers, where Tim Curry does his very best to do his Jack Nicholson Joker impression as Cardinal Richelieu. Um, and I think by that time, you know, four years later, it was almost becoming, as, you know, it was almost a cliche at that point. Um, or you have, you know, even something like, you know, Dennis Hopper in Speed, which obviously is arguably more successful, but, you know, you know, Alan Rickman and Jack Nicholson and Die Hard and Batman, respectively, really did bring about a whole new kind of cinematic, you know, villain. Uh, just why, in the same way, you could argue that Bruce w or, uh, Bruce Willis and Michael Keaton brought about a whole new kind of potential cinematic hero in these kind of films as well. Well, yeah, you have the uh, Everyman and the kind of rec recluse. Yes. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I can't think of like any offhand that like, like for major successful movies for sure. Like there's, I mean, maybe Jack Nicholson in The Shining, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, even you'd have to go way back to again Wizard of Oz, maybe for the Wicked yeah. Witch of the West. <laughs> like, I mean, when you look at you know iconic villains for action pictures, mm-hmm. I would argue you've basically got Goldfinger, Darth Vader, and maybe the guys from RoboCop. And then yeah, that's stretching. Then, like you don't remember, yeah. you don't, you don't yeah. remember Kurt Wood Smith from Overcome. Yeah, exactly. You remember Peter Weller? Yeah. If you uh, do. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> well, that, I remember Kurt Wood Smith. That's being fair. That, yeah, that's being uh, yeah. But really, you know, you don't remember the villains in you know Lethal Weapon. When I mean, you... you do if you're a film nerd, but uh, well, Command- Mr. Commando Mr. and yeah. Cobra, like they didn't have. You know, the Rambo films didn't have iconic yeah. villains. I guess Blue Velvet wasn't a huge hit, so Dennis Hopper's yeah. out. Yeah. Um. So again, this and Die Hard, you know, back to back, really changed the game in a lot of ways. I guess Bond, Bond villains to an extent. Yes, and that's the thing, yeah. like you know, Goldfinger. Yeah. Essentially, other than Goldfinger, how many memorable villains were there? I mean, you got Blofeld, your, maybe Blofeld, and I mean, yeah, but I mean, Doctor Knows the title. You wouldn't say Doctor Knows the most memorable part of that movie. No. Um, I would. Red Grant didn't really stick out necessarily. <laughs> yeah. In terms of like. Irma Blunt, or was it Irma Blunt, or yeah, yeah, was the redhead? Yeah, one of them. Yeah, but um, but yeah, you remember more of the kind of the schemes they had and the and the yes. layers they had more more than Hugo Drax. Like <laughs> the, the, the Bond villains, after you get to a certain amount of movie, they start you know make, meshing together and yes. becoming kind of similar. And Jaws so, certainly isn't gleeful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or, or Odd Job for that matter. And even like. Chris Walken to View to a Kill is underacting for goodness sakes. Yeah. You you get Christopher I, oh, Lee I, in a Bond movie, nobody cared. When when he when Joker yeah. when, when the broadcast cuts in and Joker yeah. pushes him aside, that's yes. one of my favorite movements in this movie. It's like, how does that happen? That's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> he just pushes him aside like the cat. So I mean, there's so many little flourish artistic flourishes in this film. That's the first time I think we see Bruce Wayne wearing his bat glasses in the Bat Cave. <laughs> no, uh, he he does it quite a bit in Batman Returns. I know that. Yes, does. That when Alfred's like DJing on the CD. I wonder if, Cletus, if they makes Alfred clean up all that bat poop. He, he probably does. He probably hires out. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody. Can, and then he's got to kill him afterwards. He's like, no. Yeah, that's that's the room Alfred describes as the place where um, Bruce Wayne has his dead wives in Batman. Yes. If you want a silly, you know, whoopsie in this film, when he pauses that video, Nicholson's eyes are closed. Yep. But whenever you go to again, his eyes are wide open. Mm. Well, you know, VHS, you press pause and it kind of takes a step before. It yeah, sometimes pauses. it'll take a couple steps while it's paused. So I there, guess. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I haven't mentioned this much, but um. Along with this movie just being kind of a seminal movie for, I guess, all of us. Um, but it's speaking of myself in particular. Uh, I grew up with Tim Burton. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Burton's the kind of specifically with my mom and I. Like we both would love going to see new Tim Burton movies in theaters, like all the time. We whenever they you know knew it would come out, you have this and Batman Returns, and uh, you know Scissorhands and um, Mars Attacks. We were both really excited. My mom and I were both really excited. Like it's a a thing where I just I was just really like. Of the directors, you know, around at that time, there's certainly many, and certainly many that have grown accustomed to more so as, you know, at the age of man now. Tim Burton was like the one where it'd be like, as a, as a, you know, an early 
film lover, it'd be like, he's the one, he's like the name I knew, like, offhand. I'd be like, yes. oh, a new Tim Burton movie? Let's do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, that'd be, that was, that was my thing. Well, yeah, I mean, Batman made me, you know, big Michael Keaton fan, big Jack Nicholson fan, and big Tim Burton fan, like, mm-hmm. right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you wanted to check out everything. Um, everything there. And I, what I like is this, this murder scene, it's very impressionistic. Yeah. But it's still very jolting. Um, you know, obviously it's not, you know, obviously I would argue the Nolan version is far more intense because it's so realistic. And because, um, um, what's his name? Is so sympathetic. Yes. What, uh-huh. What's his name? What's the actor's name that plays Mr. Wayne, Thomas Wayne? Uh, uh, LaRoche. LaRoche, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this one's more... Yeah, more like nightmarish and more like a yes. memory than, yes. than it. Yeah, it feels like a surrealistic dream rather than like an actual re- recording of history. Yeah. Do um, do think about the um the beginning of this film too, where you look at these people, it's like, oh, that's there's a lot of yeah. You if like you were watching the movie for the first time, you'd be like, huh, Tim Burton pulled one over on me. <laughs> I like this young Jack Nicholson look too. That smile, yes. creepy. Yeah, it's, it's really creepy. Yeah. It's about as good as a uh, young Brad Pitt in Moneyball. <laughs> Remember that guy that? actually really looks like Billy Bean. Yeah. Oh. Uh oh, Alfred, what are you doing here? Well, buddy? hold on. <laughs> you're like you're my you're my trusted advisor here, and here you are breaking up <laughs> my rules. There hey, dude, be a, you're, there you were two nights away from this happening anyway. There hey, what a, if what if Bruce wasn't wearing pants? I do like that he's wearing a tuck <laughs> and jeans. I think she's seen him without pants already. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. I like that she goes, you know, she finds out Bruce Wayne is Batman at the office, goes back home and changes into a completely different outfit and hairstyle before running to confront him. She was was coming back from a dinner with Arliss. (laughs) Jumping back a bit, they did the bat dance, no pants dance already. Um, Ah. (laughs) Yes. I like that he has a turtleneck that's up. Yeah. (laughs) That's how people wore it back in the day. That's like casual cape and cow right there. That's how he stays in character. I was going to say, oh yeah, there the look on Bruce Wayne's face when he sees what Alfred's just done should be a meme that says WTF. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I can't, you know, when I was, excuse me, <clears throat> when I was nine, you know, I, you know, I understood why Alfred did it, whether you agree with the decision or not. It was pretty obvious that he was, you know, he felt it was the right thing to do. He was worried about his, you know, his friend's mental health. But I, I remember reading the amazing number of reviews that just didn't understand why Alfred had done that or thought there needed to be a scene to explain why he did that. And that was sort of the first time as a kid that I felt, well, wait a minute, I got it. And I'm a nine-year-old movie nerd. You're a <laughs> film critic. You should have gotten that, too. Um, to be fair, he's actually just distracting Bruce so he can get some more Diet Coke. <laughs> like, Here, here's Ricky Bale. To know they were out of Diet Coke. Bum, 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 bum. So this is my one outfit at nights. Good suit up. There's a go. Here's the suit up scene. No crotch shot, kids. Hold on. Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> Green eyes on that Batman, apparently too. Yep. You know, I'm looking at Tim Burton's filmography, which I generally know anyway, but I'm just looking at it. There's a lot more. Okay, there's one guy there. Well, let's count the guys that die. There's not as many hit and miss as I, you know, thought there was. I don't like the only one I like don't like is Alice in Wonderland. It's Dark Shadows, I guess, too. But like, I, I just uh, for me, it just it's progress. I mean, after there's Rise a lot. There's Chicago a loss of personality. Turning point. Yeah, it, I, I, would, becomes... I mean, I, I'd say even Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, as much as it's dependent on a certain 
level of CG. I think there's still you can see a lot of his personality in that movie. Well, yeah, I think it's still there. Yeah, there's just, he's not cre- he's now, not creating. He's he's crutching on other people's things. He's appropriating. Yeah, and I mean, I like you know. I'm not saying like oh, after Sleepy Hollow, I didn't like another Tim Burton movie. that the Batmobile yeah. has on it. Yes, that just blew up Axis Chemicals. <laughs> Okay, he did just drop a bomb by those people's legs. Like, you know, <laughs> and again, that was never a deal breaker for me as a kid. It's like, okay, it's no. I was like, dude, he's mad. Yeah, they killed that his guy, parents. That guy's out for vengeance now. I feel. I mean, I'm looking at like Sweeney Todd's one of my favorite Tim Burton movies ever. No, yeah, like, I, no. I'm not saying I didn't like one after no, Sleepy yeah. Hollow, but then they just became adaptations. Every everything <laughs> seemed like, oh, Tim Burton does this. Tim Burton does that. Tim Burton does the. You know, it, that's it's fair. Just, yeah. It, yeah. And what I liked about him was, like, you know, the Edward Scissorhands and, you know, other things. But, you know, he, he did Batman. He did his take on Batman. So I guess it was always present. It just felt more original, I guess, than what what he does okay. now. My favorite dumb part of this movie that obviously I'm very fond of, mm-hmm. the Joker says, hey, I'm going to give out, what, $10 million tonight in the middle of the city around midnight. We all, you know, the cops all know the Joker poisoned at least a couple dozen civilians with his wacky Smilax crap. Threw the entire city into a panic. At no point does a cop show up to try to arrest this man. for the multiple the money. But they don't even show up for the money. But he's yeah, been able to uh, evade it. them for this long. Is there nothing in the script? Only when Batman shows up do they decide to actually show up, do the cops actually show up to the site where this mass murderer is running around giving out money to people. Maybe the cops are looking into the giant explosion at the chemical factory. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're maybe they're maybe no, they're I occupied guess. by the, the you know tens of people that Batman just killed, <laughs> opposed to the, the the kind benefactor delivering money to the people in the streets. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the reason the cops were called away. Uh, now there are certain versions of this script and even the comic book adaptation where the money is fake. That's what I was thinking, because uh, there's, a, there's a comic book that I remember reading. Yes. And when somebody looks at it, it's Joker money. Yes. Like, Joker uh, Yeah. Um, I like to think that Joker contacted Prince for this song. <laughs> Prince, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to think that he's performing. Prince like, was on his payroll. He's like, in, he's in like yeah, he's one of the goons. He's in Gotham right now. <laughs> Prince owed Carl Grissom some money for the debt to his some bad bets that just didn't go the right way. Yeah, he uh, he purchased the wrong little red Corvette. Yes. That's my Prince joke. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, all these people are partying like it's 1999. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's Darling Pink. Purple coat okay. making it rain. <laughs> Bob the Goon is so happy. I know. Tracy Walter. Committed. One of, the, one of the few times that he and Joker actually shared a moment together. Yeah, he shared yeah. a lot. <laughs> He gets emotional when he, you know, shoots him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> faux emotional? No, he says I'm going to need a bit. I believe him. <laughs> Again, Joker hiring Asian Americans. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, I love this. There's nothing wrong with a bat wing. I love the bat no, wing. No, it's so awesome. It's, it's a little impractical, but it's pretty cool. You know what? It gets the job done. Except if you shoot it. With one bullet. Well, he's got a, he's got a, a giant strong hand bullet. It's a joke yeah, bullet. Yeah, we're... we're, we're this, that's, that's, like, that's more of a count of Jack Nicholson's aim rather than the design of the Batwing. Fair enough. Scott. 
Uh, I do uh, love that in, with the exception of Batman Begins, they wreck a Batman vehicle in every single movie. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. Um. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that's not wrong. <laughs> maybe I guess if you count if you count Mask of the Phantasm, maybe I guess. Uh, well, I'm thinking live action. But... I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't stop messing with the with his wonderful toys. That's a big remote. That is, yeah, it's like seriously. See, this is the part where I would start running. He's a big fan of telescopic <laughs> things, apparently. In these, yes, he really is. Actually, look at all the stuff that he has. <laughs> That's a lovely bow tie, by the way. Well, this is actually the... I mean, you know, he, he wears his outfit more than once, but this is the closest he looks to the comic book Joker outfit. Yes. Which, in the yeah, and it's... it's The color scheme's a little different. In the comics, it's... I think it's an orange... It's a green shirt and a orange vest. That sounds... Yes. Perhaps, right? Um, And then in the animated series, it was just the yellow shirt with no... Uh, with no cummerbund mm-hmm. or vest. Vicky Which damn! I should have brought that mask that they gave to me. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, she has it, doesn't she? No, she doesn't have it. And you know, going go, going back to the Joker's wardrobe, I have to say, part of the fun of the Batman films was seeing these iconic villains. You know, mostly the villains and the heroes actually looking like the way they did in the comics. Mm-hmm. And while it may have worked for X-Men to have them all dressed in somewhat realistic garb, I do think as a comic, you know, as a fan of the characters, uh, there is still a part of me that wants to see an X-Men movie where they all look like the way they do in the comics. Which is where yeah. I think First Class tries to solve that problem yes. to an extent. And, and I would like to say, you know, I'd like to think with the capital that they have gained with X-Men Days Days of Future Past, Past, which just cost $600 million this weekend, by the way, um... That, you know, if they're resetting the continuity, which, spoiler, I guess, um, that for Age of Apocalypse, they'll actually have some comic book uh, faithful costumes. Well, I think what it comes down to is Batman's character designs work in film more than X-Men's do. Yeah. I think that's, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I think that's literally what it is. I mean, Batman, you have a darker aesthetic here. I mean, it, it's, it lends itself to, you know, film and the noir themes that it's going for and, well, we've also had plenty of Marvel films in the last, like, you know, 15, 14 years yes. that have broken the barrier to make people used to seeing that sort of thing on the screen. Whereas I, back here, you had to try to make it fit with reality or you'd be, people would be thinking 60s Batman. Um, true to a, yeah, true to a point, yeah, but I think the Marvel films, they approach it from such a grounded perspective that it makes a bit of set, like, I mean, Thor is a god, and, like, it makes sense that he has this kind of regalness to his costumes. Iron Man, you... I this mean, is where Alexander like, Knox dies if he dies. Yeah, right. Which, yeah. in the original script, he died. Iron Man works for what it is. Captain America's a yeah. period film, so he can get away with what it's doing, and what's the other one? Oh, Hulk is just, I mean, he's a monster. Like, it, it, they... Where you have, like, uh, the X-Men movie, or the X-Men movies, like, it just wouldn't work to have Hugh Jackman running around in this brown and yellow costume. Like, it doesn't fit. I mean, they make fun of it in the movie, too. They're like, what are you expecting? Yeah, yeah. Yellow spandex? Mixed with that kind of Gen X millennial attitude going for it. Like but then, yeah, you look at these other retro ones that try to do it. Like, you have the shadow, which, again, is, you know, a, a trench coat and a hat and a scarf. Mm-hmm. Or you have Dick Tracy that's, you know, it's designed to be color primary colors everywhere. And then the, the Phantom... I'm surprised they actually got away with doing the Phantom the way they did, but... Yeah, well, I mean, then you got, I think the last of them to try to, you know, avoid 
to look like it but avoid looking like it was probably like around Daredevil. I was about to say Daredevil, which was originally it, black before they changed yeah. it to red. <laughs> and, and and like Punisher, where it was like it is, but it you know we're trying to keep it away from being looking just like the comic. Then they started with you know like Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. Heather outfits, and they started just pushing the regular looking outfits to where Hold you on, know guys. now you can have it. Oh no. Here we go. You just shot by. I love uh, the lack of words for how to. Where did you get one of those things? Things. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're so flummoxed. There's the Monarch Theater again. Yep. For the third time. There goes Batman just showing off. The score is fantastic here, yep. by the way. The yeah. score right here. This moment with the moon, like. Every... shot. Yep. Yep. Love this. But uh, yeah, the way Danny Elfman's just putting all this together from a musical standpoint, it's just fantastic. Even Prince must have been like, man, that's good. <laughs> well, and, you know, today All we're, from we're house in Minnesota. Today we're used to that kind of score for this kind of movie, but we just don't get them. <laughs> well, we we got them for a while. How about yeah. that? But I mean, back then, I mean, this was. I mean, I was you know as a nine year old, I was shocked by the sheer impact of the music. Oh yeah, it was. It's like a charge. It's it's yeah. You know, progressive. It's fast it's moving. a character in the film. Yeah, as much as the art up. direction. You know, if you want to, you know, top billing or whatever, you know, Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, the art direction and the score. That's my biggest complaint about most of the modern superhero movies. You just don't get that as much. That's why yeah. I really was happy to see Hans Zimmer and the, the Sinister Six or whatever the hell. Yeah. Trying something for Amazing Spider-Man. And yeah. Regardless of the actual, like the entire score. I think that hero theme for Spider-Man is oh, amazing. I doubt I bought it the next day. Um, but to be no. fair, Batman's. His, his aiming devices aren't very good right now. No, they're really not. Yeah, I mean, it showed a it showed a dead target. And it's funny how he just has to like move like left a bit and he can get him. <laughs> that's that's all you need to do. Where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, bullets! My weakness. That's a good Joker reaction too. I love his recoil on the thing. Yeah. And then this shot where he's like, oh. "What did I just do?" <laughs> yeah. like, Yay! I got him. Good miniature work here. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's it's a very... It just looks like it crashed. <laughs> like a violent explosion. Yeah, it's a violent crash. And a big explosion to go with it. Yeah. Doc Brown will be proud. <laughs> <laughs> please yeah! We did it! Please forgive, uh, please forgive the crudeness of this model. This even looks like the set right here. <laughs> so we're in Hill Valley now, guys. Yeah. There's a, here's the Hill Valley Gothic Church. This is where Biff goes to forgive himself for all the sins that he commits during the week. <laughs> Biff's very Please, Catholic. no more manure. Butthead. I hate manure. Butthead. Butthead. Say hi to your mom for me. <laughs> There's a story that, that Burton tells. You know, there, you know, obviously the script was was troubled, especially because of the writer's strike. And they're shooting a scene where, where Nicholson and, and, and Basinger are walking up the church. And he turns to Burton and asks him basically, why, where am I going? Why am I walking up this, this church? And Burton, you know, it was, it was, it was one of the low points of his career where he said, I had to tell him that I don't know. Because hmm. <laughs> I want you to fall from it. <laughs> um. Batman, look at all the grizzly, man. I do like that line, though, make it 10 minutes. That's a good line. Yeah. 
and yeah, Batman looking all beat. Like, this is like uh, this is very akin to the bat the first episode of Batman the Animated Series where you get a beat up, bloodied Batman for like the yeah. one and only time. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Where he's he's exhausted. Yeah, and in the original script, he explicitly had a broken leg. Ooh, okay. And he put a piece. He had put a piece of wood around his leg. He's limping a bit here. Yeah. He's gonna knock over all the uh, the yeah, pews. Right exactly. Now. Yeah. Get pew happy. Pew happy. That's how he did it, Aaron. It's it's a telescopic muzzle. Those are some of John Woo's doves. Just then, they flew out of there. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tim, that was Tim Burton's um, hard-boiled reference. This is before hard-boiled. Yeah, this is yes. killer reference. Killer. Or maybe it's Better Tomorrow 2 reference. Yeah. This is like an abandoned church, right? They don't still... Looks a bit well, dusty it's... to be used. Well, it's the middle of the night. It also looks like it's in the bad part of Gotham. But, I mean, the, the floor is just like, yeah. Well, no one rings the bell anymore except for Peter yeah. Parker when he has venom on him. <laughs> They've walked a lot of flights. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I just realized that. Oh my god, yeah, ten minutes. I um I wonder if Burton would have got booze if he did, went for a vertigo shot right then. <laughs> down, down, the, down the stairs. <laughs> like some guy in the theater's like, Alright, I was with this Batman movie for a while, but you're no Hitchcock, Timmy. <laughs> he walks away eating his hot dog. Like who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'll show them. One day they're going to call me Tim. He grew up to be Brett Ratner. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, look, Gordon's doing something. Cops are here. Well, you had to get the right scarf. Yeah. (laughs) Look how polite he is. He's like, you know, holding doors open for Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale? Vicky Vale? Vicky Vale. I got to go to work. Once again, very theatrical, this whole set right here. Yes. <laughs> it's a bell tower. Like, <laughs> Wait for Quasimodo to come out in the back door. Like, hey, guys. Sanctuary. You guys remember what a great adaptation of this movie, the Batman NES game, was? Yes. I had, I had a Sega. <laughs> I, can't believe, I can't believe they cut all the uh, robots from the movie. <laughs> that game was pretty cool, though. Uh, that was hard. Returns yeah. and Forever are solid games. Those, those were solid. Yeah, uh, I remember Returns. You had like the grappling hook and everything to use. Returns for the Super NES was awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, there was also uh, Batman Return of the Joker. Yeah, because they couldn't wait for solid. Returns to come out. Yeah, yeah. I love how the commissioner is going to try and move this by himself. And he's like, <laughs> I also that was so, ridiculous. Pat Hingle, sorry, Pat third... Hingle, I don't think you're making it up them stairs. Pat Hingle made a fourth place in Mr. Universe back in 1945. I made that up. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I guess uh, I guess we better just go home, guys. Can't, yeah. can't get in. We won't be enforcing, enforcing the law today. Yeah. <laughs> just pretend like this never happened, guys. <laughs> we were never here. Yeah. Let, just let Batman handle it. Jeez, Pat Hingle worked a lot. He worked to the you know the end of his yeah. life. Yeah, died in two thousand nine, but he was still doing stuff. Tal- very, he was in Talladega very Nights. Notable, notable. Yeah, he was in Talladega Nights. Yeah. He's like I think the he's um, what's his name's dad? The owner of like the uh. The sponsor yeah. for the original sponsor for Ricky Bobby. This reminds me of um, like in the later movie because we talked about it also in a commentary. The fight with the, in Mortal Kombat between Liu Kang and Reptile, where it's just gritty and it's like no holds barred kind of thing. It's the kind of 
90s action fight scene where you're not you don't have Yao Wing Ping, you know, choreographing things or wire work or whatnot. So you yeah. just and you have directors that are only so good with American directors are only so good with fight sequences, so they mm-hmm. do what they can and it, you know, it's not Spielberg or it's not McTiernan. So, you know, put a lot of shadows on it, put a lot of dirt on it, it looks better. Who <laughs> knives. <laughs> good thing I had that bat stopper. <laughs> <laughs> Knife repellent. You have to wonder how those goons got up there in the first place. They took the ladder. They, <laughs> they didn't want to tell Joker, but they already, yeah, there's, there was already a ladder. There was an emergency elevator on the backside. So. <laughs> it says, in case of Batwing, use elevator. <laughs> oh, that was that the one. best That's one. Awesome. <laughs> that was hysterical when I was nine. While he's dancing and this music's playing. I mean, it's so... This is such a... Yeah. This, I, I'm, is. Surprised, the... I'm surprised there's not Batman the musical. Uh, 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 I'm surprised. They tried. I'm sure they did. I, they had, they're like, oh, I wish we had you, Bono, Bono and the Edge to write the songs for this one. <laughs> it's my Spider-Man. Batman the dark. versus, like, the Hulk. Oh, it'd just be Bane. Yeah, be, yeah. This black guy was originally cast as Bane. They're like, oh, well, we're not going to use you after all. Because Bane won't exist for another three years. Yeah, man. So. <laughs> Even though night has fallen. Yes. No, I love that they set their big action sequence to, you know, a ballet. Yeah. Again, it was it's such a... So many just bizarre... Especially considering what was status quo at the time. So many just bizarre artistic choices that almost all pay off. Mm-hmm. Why is she so like knocked out? Like he had he has so she much. Had, she had to walk the entire. Time. So did he. Yeah. He's not exactly. Spry. I mean, he seems he's pretty superhuman. Spry, he's, no, yeah, he's, not, he's, he's not super. Right, maybe he's he has not. maybe has some dark. He can't man. feel anything. Maybe he has some dark man syndrome. Yeah, so he doesn't have any nerve endings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I when I went and saw this movie when it came out, I had never. I think it's the first movie I noticed a theater so packed. Mm. That I'd ever seen, and then I remember everybody. You know, it's sitting in the theater, and these two bozo looking guys come walking down the aisle and they say start the damn movie already and it started <laughs> That's one thing i remember about this movie they're the most powerful I, people the you'd ever met i saw it yeah. on the saturday of its opening weekend evening showing um tickets were three dollars yeah um lined literally around the block and when the opening credits started i had to use the facilities i held it for two hours well, Batman oh. definitely killed that man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's killed quite a number of people. Well, that—I mean, he just threw that guy. Out. <laughs> he was so tired of him. He's like, you know, it's over. I'm not gonna break your legs or whatever. I'm just gonna kill you. Well, he says just that to the Joker in a couple minutes. But he earns that one. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's a very Jack Nicholson line. Yes. I mean, she's like unconscious. Like, <laughs> like. Oh, and there's Jason Alexander, one of the gargoyles on the statue. <laughs> <laughs> that guy like you. <laughs> she's like cat hair in her mouth. This is a horrible idea. <laughs> Golden Globe nomination, comedy or musical, Jack Nicholson. What are we doing? <laughs> this is why the Golden Globes are terrible. Hollywood for impression knows what they're doing, man. No, they don't. 
What you doing? What are you doing down there, honey? <laughs> <laughs> she's, giving, she's giving him the old Ghostbusters one. It's like <laughs> even, that's, that's even in it. so much pain, that's Joker still makes one. jokes with his, his chatter teeth. His hair is so messed up now. It's very sad. <laughs> if you want to talk about killing joke more, too, the, the, the smile on Batman's face mixed with the Joker reaction of him beating him up is very just right out of it. Yeah. Good shots of Batman. Just him oh, being, yeah. a, being a presence. <laughs> yeah, these teeth. Joker. Are... Yeah. <laughs> like, in cases. Yeah. Like, during, during like his dressing up period today, he's like got the money, the bow tie, a giant gun, and a pair of teeth, and a second gun that says. And, then, and he's gonna get glasses on. And a glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he puts carrot top to shame. <laughs> he's one watermelon away from Gallagher. Mm, probably has Who one. Who wants? He's already got the suspenders. <laughs> glasses. <laughs> we should both lean over the edge here. <laughs> What's Joker, Joker holding has, on to? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Joker has incredible upper body strength. What was he holding on to? <laughs> He's holding on to the gargoyle. I guess so. I love that. I love that, <laughs> oh yeah. God. What are you laughing at? <laughs> so high up. Joker is... He brought a fake hand. Yeah, he brought a fake hand. about that. <laughs> The master of prop comedy, the Joker. <laughs> I like how he grabs Vicky Vale and makes her put her back on her own ledge. Like, nope, I can't hold on to you. God, I'd love to see just like the outtakes of Jack Nicholson in this. <laughs> He's like, Tim, what's my motivation? Just drink seven shots of whiskey and come to work. <laughs> Let's show you your points check for the film. Good thing we got our Joker brand helicopter ready. <laughs> we just got the new hats. <laughs> <laughs> I want there to be a gif of Joker shaking his butt and it says bucket list on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is this is my favorite Batman story. Number two. I've got a Batman in my basement. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's known as one of the worst Batman animated series episodes, which is like, yes. and it's like one of the first ones, too. It's like, it's first well, season. It like, yeah, it was the first few episode? weeks. What? Was it the first Penguin episode that it aired? First, uh, yes, it was. It was the first Penguin episode. They, they took up a while to get the angle on on the Penguin. They got, yeah, they got better. <laughs> um, once, he, once he became, like, I just, socialite. Wanna, I just want to be a socialite. Nope, yeah. still a mob boss. Threw a rock at him. That's Croc, but I like saying that. Yeah. Now, I would have let go of the ladder, but that's okay. Oh, now I wouldn't have let go of the ladder. Yeah, now it's a little tough. Yeah. 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 Joker is just like, oh, all those jokes got to waste. Remember to hit button on bag of laughs. Always to get ahead. He does have to do that at some point. Like during this fall, he's like, "What do I got to do I mean, left?" Honestly, <laughs> always leave him laughing. Yeah, burn Joker's giant scissors when you need him. 
I like how different, like, there's, like, there's, like, three iconic, like, fall from building shots that I could think of. Like, one of them was Batman, the other's obviously Hans Gruber, and then you have, um, um, suspi- um, what's it, um, Sabotage, Sabotage. Yeah. Sa- saboteur? Sabotage. Yeah. Sabotage. Hitchcock's movie falling off the Statue of Liberty. There's probably more, but those are the three ones that I can think of where it's, like, an actor, like, you know, face up. That's Saboteur. Like, that's Saboteur. Saboteur, right? Sabotage. Sabotage is that sports British, British one. Is Mr. He had a British Priest one. the DTA. Yeah. Okay. Uh. The Shredder's death plunge was pretty impressive. It was Ninja Turtles. It's like, yeah, it's not shot for like it because it, it follows with him too. Yeah, that's true. This yeah. is very comic book, by the way. The, oh yeah, left an imprint. <laughs> I, yeah, I never yeah. actually realized that until. Uh... And again, it was strange that you see the body because usually the whole reason you have a character fall to their death is you know in a PG or PG thirteen film or G rated film, as it were, you could have them have a very gr- grand death without showing any blood or gore. So it was actually kind of shocking, again, in the early days of PG-13, where you would see, you know, his body. And it was also nice that you actually saw his body, so you didn't have, theoretically, people saying, oh, he's going to be back in the sequel because he's still alive. Now, people still thought that because they're idiots, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, Spider-Man 2, Doc Ock dies. Spider-Man 3, newspaper article says Doc Ock's still around, maybe? What? <laughs> it's in there. There's, a, there's an article in the Spider-Man 3. It's like, Doc Ock's still around, question mark? Well, wasn't there that desire to have just like a, a dream sequence in one of the further Batman movies to yes. bring Nicholson back? Like that was going to make something amazing. Yeah, I'm sure they wanted a Marlon Brando situation where they had to pay Jack Nicholson a million dollars to go on for two minutes of the screen. Was it? it was Warner Brothers would have loved that. It was in the Batman Triumphant script, actually, wasn't yes, it? Yes, okay. it was. Was that the original um, title of the third one? Well, it was, and the, the, it was the, the fifth one. Oh, the, the oh, yeah, theoretical yeah. dream cast for part two was. A Cher or Madonna as Catwoman. Yep. Danny DeVito as the Penguin, and uh, Robin Williams as the Riddler. I'm surprised Madonna didn't end up playing Catwoman. Really, like, well, <laughs> gave her Dick Tracy. She could have composed songs. I mean, everyone <laughs> would have. Yeah, she could have. Everyone would have won <laughs> in that situation. And everybody wanted Christopher Walken as Max Shrek too. That was <laughs> big. Yes, Max was Shrek does another. There, there you go. With the, your Fritz, Fritz Lang on again with that Max Shrek call. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what if they had done this on like a non-overcast night? <laughs> Come on, guys, think ahead. There are um, there are very few like ending shots that combine music and iconic yes. images that I love more than um this ending of Batman. We could yeah, just play yes. you the way the camera rises above all these sets and whatever working and doing with mixed with Dan, like the rising, the rising elements of score. Like, yeah. There's like the, yeah, the bell tower clock image, tower bell. Which dongs. again, they use that rising climax cut for the trailers for Batman forever and Batman. And Robin yes, they do. As yep. the cast roll call mm-hmm. successfully, I might add. And I really like the George Clooney, I, Alicia Silverstone. I really like the returns ending too. I like Catwoman's yeah. stand, the stand, like that kind of yeah. the way, his music. So like Elfman's music, so good in these movies. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's 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 easily what gave him you know carte blanche to, to to be the way he was for a good ten years, where it just kind of sounded like Batman. But it's like it's okay. It's Danny Elfman. <laughs> like, yeah. And then after Men in Black, they all kind of sounded like Men in Black for ten years. Yeah, very true. <laughs> and now he just does random action movies. Like he's all Peter yeah. Burke out. <laughs> oh my god, I love this. That is oh, an awesome shot. It is. You hear the bells? Yeah. That's how you make a movie. It's uh, it's no hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me. You too, Batman Forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Was that even played in the movie? Because I remember that That's on the That's at the end. It's the, the credits. The credits, yeah. And, and yeah, they have that. Dan Kiss from a Rose. Yep. Kiss from a Rose, yeah. Really. This actually has a song at some point in the credits, uh, Scandalous. It does, yes. At the, like, at the... The second credit the back, song. The back half, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's Batman. That is Batman. Now we all sing Bat Dance. I don't know. Bat Dance! The All right. Yeah, that's just that's just good. Yeah, that's just that's just good movie making right there, guys. Yeah. It still holds up. That's good yep. movie making. Uh, Project consultant Bob Kane. <laughs> and you guys talk about Batman, I, and I obviously have a nostalgic affinity for Batman. I mean, I still think, I mean, weighing them against each other as films, I still think Batman Returns is an even better movie than this Batman, movie. Yeah, it is. is. Um, it's a much more personal project for Tim Burton. It, exactly. I've said this um, for many I use this as an example when other directors kind of do the thing they want to do the second time around, where it's like Batman Returns, <laughs> where it just looks like a Tim Burton movie rather than a Batman. It's like Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. It's more of a pure Michael Bay picture. Or um, Halloween. <laughs> Halloween Two is my is my key example. Yes, absolutely. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, no, I transform. That's a good example. That's one where I think it's like Steven Spielberg's busy, so I'm just gonna do my thing over here. Yeah, basically. But let's take and, the pers- the personality and uh, <laughs> just robot it up. Um. And you know, you could argue that you know, The Dark Knight was more of what. Chris Nolan wanted to do with Batman versus Batman Begins, which I adore. I think it's just as good as The Dark Knight in different ways. But that is somewhat more of a... That's more arguable, yeah. Yeah, that is more of a, you know, there are things I need to do in this Batman origin story. It's funny, though, because Batman Begins, it looks, based on what you've known of, you've seen of Nolan already, it looks more like a Nolan film than The Dark Knight does, given the kind of the the nonlinear storytelling Yes. The um the way it approaches character, like the kind of the earnestness of it, like it's just it feels more like what you've if you've seen Memento and Insomnia and even The Falling, if you really want to count that as well, um, which I guess you can, um, it's it's like oh yeah this this is no this is what Nolan Batman looks like, and then you get to Dark Knight, which that becomes more of what Nolan is now. I would say I feel like yes. Dark Knight's more of a shift in his career where he's he's mat. I guess you could say master because I do think that and Inception are you know gen- and I mean even Prestige like they. They capitalize on where he's gone since Batman. Be- or I guess procedures after Batman be between them. Never mind. But like you look at Dark Knight and Inception, those movies they feel very close together. Uh, yes. Yeah. You look at yeah, you look at Insomnia, Memento, and I, yeah, actually, I guess the Prestige at this point because it's also very nonlinear. It looks more like the earlier stage of Chris Nolan. Um. And again, that's that's not necessarily a mark on the. Oh yeah, it's not a detriment to any of the films. I mean, you know, obviously, it you know. Arguably, you know, Tim Burton going full Tim Burton on Batman Returns is great for us, not so much great for general audiences, you know, 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, that, I could talk about that when the time comes. But conversely, you know, obviously, you know, we may think Red of the Fallen is a terrible film, but it made an ungodly amount of money. Mm-hmm. So yeah. somebody tolerated it. Somebody tolerated enough where they're like, you know what, let's have another one. Yeah. And, and another one. <laughs> let's make uh, up. Let's make up. Let's make every one longer than the last. That's the other key thing to keep in mind too. <laughs> yes. Let's make. Let's let's add it. It's like what's the what's the one guy? What's the what's Abe? You know the um sorry track and field um pole vaulter that like just kept going like one inch more. Uh, track and field pole vaulter. Yeah. Male. Yes. 
This does not matter. We're at the end. We're past oh. the movie. We'll yeah, the, cred- yeah, the credits are all done. Yeah, the Batman Returns commentary will we'll come back with yeah. that one. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Well, we used to talk about it. This is such a deep cut. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, um, yeah. That, yeah, movie ended, guys. Um, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was, let's, yeah. Uh, let's do the secret word, of course. It is Vicky Vale. Vi- the Vicky Vale. Um, email you us. You just turned in Vicky Vale. No, no, no. I said what the secret <laughs> word is. They heard it. <laughs> Email us out now, podcast at gmail.com. We'll give you some credit in some way for that. And uh, But yeah, that's been the commentary for Batman. Um, I'm very happy that we did this. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, and with that said, um, Scott, where can people find more of your work? Uh, Forbes. Brandon. Brandon. Not at Forbes. <laughs> but uh, Naptown Nerd, uh, my blog. Uh, and why so blue.com and you, oh sorry am i what no, go keep going and uh twitter at bt peters abe walrusmooth.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmooth you can find more of my work at thecodazeek.com also at why so blue and follow me on twitter at aaron's ps4 and of course out now with aaron and abe you can find all the other episodes of itunes stitcher SoundCloud apparently now. Yes. Um, out now. and of course hhwlod.com and we have our Facebook page and our Twitter We're page. We're all over the place. You can find us pretty much anywhere. Just yeah. search Out Now podcast. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks everyone for sticking around. That's made it to the end of this Batman commentary. Lots of fun. Thank you, Brandon and Scott, for joining us to do this. Thank Always you for having us. For sure. And uh, we will return next time for Batman Returns. Same bat time, same bat channel. But until next time, so long. And Boy, goodbye. <laughs>
like 